Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong! with me, Dr. Zahn. Hey, how are you doing today? Yeah, we're, we're back after a week off. And okay. Um, yeah, we, we, uh, had, uh, had some, uh, some shit going on and had to, had to bow out at the last minute, but we're back. We're going to do our Harold Ramis show this week, uh, reviewing Stripes and Ghostbusters. Um, we'll get to that soon. Zom, how are you, sir? Doing pretty good. Um, had the, uh, what do you call it, the weekend? Had the weekend off. And mm-hmm. uh, just basically decided from the word go that um, I was going to do two things this weekend, uh, jack and shit. And you can take that however you want because <laughs> I did probably both where whatever your brain is telling you. You did the combination and one of each. I watched a lot of movies. I read a lot of comic books. I sat around in my bathrobe. And I think I went outside <laughs> one time, and that was it. Nice. It's just uh, something I need to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I had a, a similar weekend. Uh, we uh, were selling the house, and I had to show the house yesterday, so I did a lot of fucking cleaning this past week, <laughs> and that was that was really a lot of what was why I missed last time. But um, yesterday we had the showing, so everything was already clean. All I had to do was leave for a little while and. I went and bought some blue jeans, some of those, you know, those the, what the kids are wearing these days, and uh, had the dog with me because uh, I didn't want to put him in a crate. I didn't, my, so, <laughs> oh, so he was riding you. riding around town with me in the car. Does he do pretty um, good in the car? Yeah, he's fine. He whimpers, but he doesn't like. I mean, we were afraid that uh, most of all that he would get motion sick, but mm. he was fine and he jumps right up in the car. So mm-hmm. it was actually funny yesterday because I don't. I guess. There's that old uh, old saying, I guess, that dogs never look up or something. Huh? Uh, but I, I don't know. It's it's something like that. But the uh, I, I might have proved it yesterday because I had a this tote, like a plastic tote, sitting in my front seat, and um, I opened the door and I was getting ready to move the tote, and he just tried to jump right up into the car, and he was face first right into the tote, and <laughs> I fell back out of the car. I'm like, oh, okay, you gotta wait a second. <laughs> um, uh, well, that shit happens. But uh, face guess, first into the to a to a wall. I guess a, a stranger came in and rifled through all my lubes and butt plugs yesterday. So rummaged, pray we'll, we'll rummaged, just like you know, looking yeah. and says, oh, "Where's all the boxes for these uh, DVDs?" <laughs> I think they're in the dump. What an asshole! What a dork! What a dork! So you said you've been watching some movies. 
<laughs> it's been I a couple did. weeks. I said that. Maybe this might this might be a this might be need to be a, a I'm highlights. Only, I'm list. only doing one week. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I just, and then I cut out like shit. The I mean, like fucking uh, what you mean? When you watch Dread again or <laughs> yeah, something or Prometheus? Yeah. Uh, so what have you been watching? 2007's Contra Inquet Inquet or Counter Investigation. Uh, this is a Frenchy movie starring Jean Dujardin. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, it's a cop movie, uh, and the the main cop, who kind of looks like Burt Reynolds with a French Burt Reynolds with a beard, uh, <laughs> experiences a, um, a horrific thing. And mm-hmm. then uh, I don't want to say too much, but I mean it's 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 pretty good. It kind of has a that that movie prisoners sort of a feel mm-hmm. like that um and um it's a short one it's only like you know an hour and a half but it's pretty good i liked it uh and it's french <laughs> wow so so oh, okay so i was gonna say it's it's a same kind of subject matter as prisoners? well okay it's this is this happened in like the first probably less than five minutes um his daughter is abducted and murdered and she's a little kid okay and then him dealing with that and that kind of shit okay so it's it's kind of one of those ones that's uh, i don't know it's it's different it's not it that element of it is like prisoners but it's totally it's different so anyway if you want to gotcha. check it out it's 2007 it's a new one contra enquete whatever i don't know how to pronounce that yeah, okay then i watched Un condam e mort sest echap ule vet saful ur il vet, which is a man escaped from 1956. Uh, this was directed by Robert Bresson uh, and stars Francois Lettier, Charles Le Clauchier, and Maurice Birblock. <laughs> this is a uh, this one would be. A good uh, companion piece to um, oh, Army of Shadows. It's about okay. a French Resistance uh, guy, and he is in. Um, basically, it takes place inside the German prison uh, or a German prison, and um, you know they hear people being uh, executed by firing squad all the time, and and he doesn't know who he can trust, and. Um, he is like an es- kind of an escape artist kind of a guy. He's escaped several times before, and uh, it's um, 1956. It's a black and white movie, and it's it's a slow paced movie, but still it's really good. I really liked it. Nice. French Resistance. Oh, Vive la Resistance! Yay! Uh, <laughs> next thing I watched was The Mark of Cain from 2007. Uh, is that is that corporate Kane? This, yes, <laughs> the scars of war run deep. Uh, this was directed by Mark Munden, uh, and the stars uh, Gerard Kearns, Matthew McNulty, and Naomi Bentley. This is on uh, Netflix Instant now. I was watching this in my uh, cheapy uh, straight to DVD Navy Seals uh, kind of movies. And this is right. not like that at all. This is actually really good. It's an R-rated uh, uh, British or you know English movie, and um, it's about um, 
these soldiers in Afghanistan and some stuff that happens and then they are pretty much it would be like if they if uh the the soldiers have something happen and then they're kind of like uh assigned to Abu Ghraib uh-huh. and uh has to do with some torture and stuff like that but it's oh uh-huh. man it's i was really surprised that cuz i i seriously thought it was going to be like a billy zane fucking navy whoa Oh, it was pretty good. Uh, Now, the next one was a fucking huge surprise because I watched the whole thing and I had to keep shutting it off because it was emotionally kicking my ass. Mm. And um, it stars um, uh, Edward Furlong, Billy Zane, and Christiana Loken from Terminator 3, who I saw in Gorgon and still hot. Uh, and I started mm-hmm. watching this, and it's called Attack on Darfur from 2009. And I thought, okay, I, it was right in there. I thought it's a, one of these Navy SEAL cheapies or whatever. And I started watching it, and I mean, it is a kick in the fucking gut. If you know about like what happened in Darfur, right. uh, there are some scenes in it that just destroyed me i mean I, I, not some there's a shitload of it and oh. i would turn it off and i'd be like fuck man i need a break go into the room and then when i posted something about it someone said uh oh my god a new way bowl movie that's good i was like oh i didn't even know that he directed it and wrote it oh wow and it's no, i didn't know that either oh i'm telling you what man it's fucking brutal Ugh. Uh, but you know it's on that one's on Netflix Instant too, and uh, yeah, I I sent Uwe Boll an email and told him that I you know thought it was a good movie and everything, and he emailed me back. <laughs> so that was pretty kind of cool. What did he say? I just said, uh, hey, I well, what did he say? I just oh I said I liked your Dora Four movie. It was you know, um, it was a tough watch, but it's a good movie, and he just said thanks. Yeah, and, I, nice. and I told him I wanted to box him. Uh, no, I didn't want to box him. He's too small for me. Um, 2013's <laughs> Computer Chess, directed by Andrew Bujalski uh, and written by Andrew Bujalski. Um, I had not seen this. I'd heard some of, you, some of y'all talking about it. Uh, and it also stars uh, Wiley Wiggins, a.k.a. Jake McClure. And, uh, have you seen this? <laughs> I haven't. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. It's right up your fucking alley. Uh, it's it's very good. I think it's still on Netflix Instant. Uh, they had okay. it on iTunes uh, on in the independent section last week several movies that were only ninety nine cents to rent, and uh, so this is one of the ones I rented because I you know wanted to watch it on my iPad. Um, it is. I've never seen. It's like. The concept is it's a, uh, a computer chess tournament where people bring their programs and their computers play against other programs. Against other, and it takes place in like the uh, probably late 60s, early 70s. And it's all in black. I want to see it. It's all yeah. documentary footage. And it is Geek City, man. It is fucking nice. awesome. Uh, let's see. And, and the convention atmosphere of it. Uh, all these strangers going to a hotel and what they do after the convention <laughs> stuff reminded me of four round big time. Uh, let's see, next thing I watched was a documentary um, called Artifact from 2012. And uh, I know what this was about. Uh, and it uh, revolves around 
the the group Thirty Days to Mars, uh, uh, which is the lead singer is Jared Leto, and his mm-hmm. brother is the drummer. It's a th- uh, three piece group. I've never listened to him, so I mean, I know him as an actor, and that's it. And right, right. Uh, this is really good. I mean, I know first. I I don't know that much about him, other than you know most of the stuff I've seen him in. You know, I I think he's a good actor, and I know there for some reason there's a lot of people that don't like him, but this really tells you a lot about the music business and how. I mean, they have one graphic where they break down uh, when you work for a record company, and say they give you two hundred and twenty thousand dollars to to. Uh, put out a CD and then so automatically you're $220,000 in the hole and then they start charging you for all this shit and so then after it gets put out and everything they're like $2 million, $3 million in the hole right off the bat to the, to their own oh, record wow. company. It's just crazy some of the stuff but it's um, uh, Virgin Records and that Mm-hmm. Group, uh, uh, they were suing each other, and it's really it's pretty good. And you know, you you like music, I think you'd. Pr- and they're, I'll tell you what, their fucking music sounded pretty good to me. Cool. So let's see. The next thing I watched was 2013's. Uh, this is Martin Bonner, uh, directed by Chad Hartigan, and uh, I'd never heard of this. This is another one of the 99 cent deals on iTunes in the indie section. Nice. It's very good. Um, it's. Uh, Kind of a not a really complex story. It's a character study. Uh, this guy is an older guy from Australia. He lives in the United States, and he works for a uh, not like the parole board, but he works for the prison system and the parole board and everything uh, through some church or something at helping mm. people that get out of prison, uh, mentoring them and everything. And it's basically just this older guy and then this guy that gets out of prison. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I know somebody watched, uh, I can't remember who it was, so it said they watched it and they they thought it was just too slow and nothing happening or something, but I really thought it was good. Next thing, Crystal Fairy and the Magical Cactus from 2013. <laughs> Directed by and written by Sebastian Silva, and it stars Michael Sarah and a whole bunch of people that you wouldn't know, including some chick who has who is really hairy. Crystal Fairy mm-hmm. is the girl's name, and she has really – I mean she is hairy. She has hairy armpits. She has a mm-hmm. fucking hairy pussy and fucking uh, a big unibrow, and she's like uh, ultra uber hippie. And Michael Sarah is so fucking. And I know he's supposed to be. That's his character. Is just this self-obsessed, obnoxious asshole. And his friends. His friends are all cool. But he. I was like, how, why the fuck would anybody want to be his friend? He's. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, it actually is pretty good. And and uh, the payoff is good. I like I, I liked it. Man, it was hard to take because he was such a jerk. Ugh. Michael Sarah, like a punch him in the snoot. <laughs> uh, I did finally. I well, no, I was going to say I did finally find another Navy Seal cheapie, but it wasn't. Nice. Uh, this oh. was Navy's. This was Seal. <laughs> I don't know how many movies are Seal Team Six colon something, but this is Seal Team Six: The Raid on Osama bin Laden, um, and an, um, directed by John Stockwell from 2012. And um, I thought this was going to be another, you know. 
I was hoping for another shitty. Maybe this is set up. Looked like it had a pretty good budget, and it was actually pretty good. It had that uh, Cam Ging Ging Det mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Robert Nepper who played Teabag on Prison Break. Uh, and oh god, I don't know what that rapper's name is, and I'm not gonna look. Uh, but it was it was pretty good. I thought it was you know uh, for a war movie and everything. Uh, uh, I I don't know if I would say that I that one with um, oh uh, what was the one with fucking the redheaded chick that was the one that was searching for Osama bin Laden. Oh. It was a big hit and everything. I don't remember. I kind of like this one better. They, they had that her that character in this movie, mm-hmm. but this one was more just straightforward. Whereas the other one was, you know, I don't know. I just didn't get down with all that torture and bullshit. Uh, this one was another ninety-nine cent iTunes uh, indie, uh, Museum Hours from two thousand twelve, directed and mm-hmm. written by Jem Cohen, starring Mary Margaret O'Hara and Bobby Salmer. Uh, this one is really good, and um, it all takes place in um, in Germany. I can't remember what what the exact if it was Stuttgart or oh, it was Vienna, and and uh, the the main guy uh, works. As, he's an old guy. He used to be a uh, like a rock and roll manager or something, and now he works as a security guard in a museum. And if you like art and 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 just the way it's shot, uh, you see all the stuff in the museum. And uh, he talks about the people that come in and how they look at things. And um, there's a lady that is in it, and um, she's an American, and she comes over uh, because she has a friend that's sick. And they just happen to meet because she's in the museum. But um, the the uh, the uh, the camera work and how they show all the, the when they're going around the city and show everything right, right. they do it in a, a, uh, because it's an art movie. Uh, it's just it's really a beautiful movie to look at. But I liked cool. the relationship between the two peoples. Uh, Short Term nice. 12 from 2013, uh, written and directed by Destin Cretton, uh, starring Brie Larson. Uh, this uh, was fucking probably the best movie of the whole bunch, uh, if you get a chance to watch it. it's What's the name of this one? Uh, Short Term 12. Uh, okay. It's it's a new one. Uh, basically takes place in a home for uh, foster kids and uh, the, the young people that work there with them or, you know, around them. They, they're not, they, the one girl says, you know, we're not counselors. We're not here for therapy. We're just here to give them a safe environment. Uh, it's really good. That one uh, I watched twice. I uh, watched a nice. new TV show, which I think that people will think is fun. It's, uh, did you ever watch Rescue Me with Dennis Leary? No, I know the show. I didn't ever watch it, though. Uh, the This one is more of a straight-up comedy about these uh, mm-hmm. EMTs called Sirens, and it's by the guys that uh, – the writers, I guess, that uh, uh, put out uh, Rescue Me. It's fucking hilarious. Watch that and laugh my goddamn ass off. Rum Diary <laughs> with Johnny Depp. Uh, that was nice. after we watched um, – whatchamacallit? Um, Ordinary Madness. yeah. Uh, and all that shit. Um, it's good. I, I, you know, I like the look of that movie almost better. I wouldn't say I liked it better than I liked the movie, but uh, the way that it was shot was really cool. It's it's one of those ones that takes you back in time uh, to like nineteen. Uh, 
uh, early '60s Puerto Rico, and it was really cool. Uh, kind of want to kind of want to look up some stuff about uh, when Hunter S. Thompson was down there, and uh, and uh, you know actual stuff that he did. Uh, finally caught up to 1972 Cisco Pike, starring Chris Christopherson and Karen Black and Gene Hackman, and it was worth the fucking wait. I wish I would have watched it sooner. Really good movie. Uh, oh, you hadn't seen that? No, never did see it, and I love yeah, Chris Christopherson. Uh, and you got to see Karen Black titties, and uh, Gene Hackman was <laughs> a fucking jerk, man. Uh, yes, he was. Let's see, and I watched Mickey One from 1965. This is an Arthur Penn movie with uh, Warren Beatty. Uh, he is a uh, comedian who, uh, probably like you know, her early mid 60s, and he he gets in deep with these uh, gamblers and basically has to uh, take off and uh, throw away all his social security cards and everything, and goes and. Doesn't want to doesn't want to get killed or beat up and all that shit. So he's kind of living as uh, somebody else and uh, works some crappy jobs and stuff like that. But it's good. Warren Beatty was really good. That's all I have. Nice. That's a lot of it still. Yeah. A lot of, lot of good, new stuff. Good, good week. Yeah, I watched a lot of new stuff too. Um, but I started off. So I've got a couple weeks worth because. The week before last, honestly, I watched one thing all fucking week, and not and that and that obviously that wasn't even the movies that we did for the show. But um, uh, I I watched uh, I don't know why I think it was just I, I've got my um, as everybody on the group has seen I've got my iTunes loaded up where yeah I've got a b- tons of digital movies just like ready to go and I randomly picked this one because it was near the top of the list. It's called Alien Intruder, a straight to video movie that was kind of a it, it, it well it stars Billy D Williams and some other people I didn't recognize and uh it's really like I give it like a 2 so you'd give it like a 0. 0.5 <laughs> it's hard to beat a good it Billy was, D Williams movie <laughs> oh my god it was a piece of shit but it was kind of like um what year was it made I guess they were trying to 93 okay I guess they were trying to do an alien type story, but at the same time, it was supposed to like be be playing on this that whole like virtual reality popularity shit that was going on yeah. in the early nineties. Um, so it's like these prisoners are sent to like help recover this ship that's been stranded in this like abandoned. Not when I say ship, this is an outer space, obviously, mm-hmm. but the. Uh, and they, but they, they're they're given the weekends off by, and they can plug into these dream machines. But this alien has a way to like get into the dream machines and it's make them all making all of them. And she's a really hot. The aliens a really hot chick in the nice. dream machine. I wonder if it's yeah, this so, is what they're going to use as the basis for the new Prometheus movie. <laughs> God, I hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty stupid. It wasn't very. It was. It was boring. That was the biggest. Well, that's biggest the worst. That's the worst thing it yeah. can, any movie can be, no matter how fucking. I mean, there's some titties budget. in it, but they're all like the the hard the hard fake titties. There's like no no. Does Billy D get any puss? No, see, he's not even in it a ton. I think he was. I think he had like two days of filming. <laughs> they just used his name for the star power. Yeah. <laughs> the stars of the prisoners. Uh, let's see. You have. Maxwell Caulfield, yeah. Tracy Scoggins, we, Gary Roberts, Richard Cody, Stephen Davies. Yeah, I don't reckon I didn't recognize anybody. Tracy Scoggins used to have some big fucking titties, if I remember correctly. And course, she's the alien, I think. Maxwell Caulfield was, you know, he's a fucking legend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that movie sucked. So then finally, this week rolled around, and I was able to sit down and watch some movies. And I, I started with Bad Milo. 
Um, <laughs> what? Not that I just—I've never seen it, but I've seen the, the pictures. So yeah, it's—it's uh, it's pretty messed up. Uh, this has uh, Ken Marino. This is like the, um, I guess the what Wet Hot American Summer. That is that group of people, I think, um, or the guys that did the state. Uh, they, I don't know if you remember that show. Uh, on that was on MTV. It was a sketch show on MTV. Crazy show. It was good. It was that was a really funny show. And this is this had its moments. W- what it had going for it was that it was shorter. Uh, it, it's a, it was a a joke that could have definitely worn its welcome, and it got close to doing it. It's only eighty five minutes long. It had last, but you know, I, I thought it was good. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't really love it, but I thought it was a nice, solid movie. But it's about this guy. Who he's a super nice guy, but uh, he has these stomach problems. Like he got, he has really horrible uh, stomach cramps and mm. like uh, and, and stuff like that caused by. Well, it it was a stress thing, and they thought it was a polyp, but it ends up being a fucking monster that lives in his asshole. <laughs> is it like his son? Like is he impregnated? Well, no, no, because it, it, no, it was just it just lives there. And it, whenever he gets so too stressed about somebody, once once he has like this like horrible like shit scene where he's like really bad diary, he passes out and the monster comes out of his ass and then goes and murders the person that, and then comes back makes, and goes back in his ass, goes back in his ass. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> you should. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. Um, I, I, I forgot that somehow it got lost left lost on my list was uh, uh, fucking shakes the clown. And after oh, that, no. I think I'm about ready to fucking uh, take a break from the really shitty movies. For that was so fucking well, awful. This is this is not it. awful. <laughs> you'll 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 laugh at this. I mean, it's it's funny. Well, at least that's funny. That fucking shakes the clown. It was so. F- oh, what the hell happened to my list? Fuck! I just remembered. I, I, okay, I watched Shakes the Clown, which was fucking the, one of the uh-huh. worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Okay, and then I watched this morning because Sandy said, "Have you watched Pontypool?" I watched Pontypool, which you've seen. Oh, I saw that you posted that. Yeah, yeah. So, but that was—I like Pontypool. But Shakes the Clown was fucking uh, subpar. Shakes the Clown. (laughs) Well, Shakes the Clown was that uh, Bobcat? Yes, and I thought it was going to be like, uh, like he was a clown and he was an alcoholic. I thought it was going to be like a serious movie where he was just this horrible alcoholic and everything, but it was just dumb. It was a cross. At least it, it, Oh my God. I've never seen it. Did it have like a bad Santa thing going on? It had like a Pee Wee Herm, a Pee Wee's big adventure thing going on, except it wasn't funny. They, they lived in a world (laughs) like their world was like, they go to a bar and it was nothing but clowns. Oh, it weird. was stupid. It was so fucking awful. I mean, I swear to God, I was, I, I went into it knowing that it was going to be bad and just expecting to laugh at it. It was mm-hmm. so unfunny. And then I was like, who's yeah. this one clown that kept talking that was getting on my nerves? And then I realized after about 15 minutes, it was fucking Adam Sandler. <laughs> it was horrible, man. It's not even funny. It's not. Well, bet. That's the worst. You know, I said that. If a movie's boring, that's the worst thing. It was boring yeah. and not funny. Yeah. Yeah, Bad Milo. You should check that one out, though. You'll laugh yeah, at maybe it. Maybe at least I'll get a laugh out of that. Yeah, there's some very there's some cringe-worthy moments that'll make you laugh. <laughs> and it's not like... I like good poop, but 
humor monster. Yeah, the, I mean, you get some good fart noises in it and stuff like that. But it's like <laughs> it, it, it's part of him. The de- the demon that lives in his ass is part of him. It, it, and uh, what's his face? Uh, Stormare is in it. He's really good. Miles, uh, no, Peter Stormare. Yeah. Is there an umbilical He's, cord, or is it just like? Nope, nope. It just lives there. It's like a kangaroo living in the pouch. Yeah, the and, it's, and it's asshole. it's impossibly large, so they don't ever ever actually explain how it fits actually back in his asshole because the the little monster has a huge head. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's probably part of the joke. Gape. Um. So uh, <laughs> I I, uh, I I blind bought Nebraska on iTunes and watched that, and that was really fucking good. Um. This is the Alexander Payne movie with uh, with Bruce Dern and Will Forte. Um, if I have any complaint about the movie at all, it's at times Will Forte felt a little awkward. Um, There's times where he, his, the way he, uh, I don't know, he's like, hey, Dad, why don't we go do this? Dad, why don't we yeah, do yeah. It, it, you can tell, I mean, he was good on Saturday Night Live, but I didn't, I, I was surprised that he was the lead in this movie yeah. but I mean he picked or either whether they picked him or he picked the movie I mean it was a good choice but I you for me I could kind of I got a feel that he's not like a really good actor dramatic actor yeah he I I, I really liked this movie though I mean really really liked it uh, now the, the two mom, cousins they the were the two cousins are hysterical and I'm related actors. to both of them most likely oh my god <laughs> that reminds me of my dad's side of the family entirely <laughs> And uh, but uh, the mom was fucking hysterical. Oh, June yeah. Squibb. Now she played the wife in About Schmidt too. Yeah, yeah. And she was she was the similar. Kind of, I think, I think she's like the. Um. But uh, yeah, I liked her a lot. Stacey she was. Keech I liked how crude she was. And Bruce Dern was funny. And Stacy Keach was good too. But this is a really good one. I mean, don't you know? Don't uh, I know people complained about this one being boring. I thought it was fucking great. So yeah. I, when it started out, I thought, oh god, this is kind of slow paced and boring. But after about like uh, maybe the first, I don't know, ten minutes, it, uh-huh. it really, I, it really picked up and got, it was funny. Um, I watched. Um, Although after uh, I watched it, I was depressed. Uh-huh. Because I came home and I thought, you know, my God, uh, when you the older you get, and it's just the same shit, and it's just you know, like you have said before, when you start losing your mind, like you start to, you know, you become a bird, and uh, yeah, I don't know, man, it just really bothers me. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I, I, I felt, uh, I felt a lot of my life. <laughs> yeah. Me, so. That's probably why I liked it. It just ends up um, now, and then you don't have to deal with that shit. That's, uh, I was like, you know, God, I'm not even that old yet, but God damn it, that's what I have to look forward to. Uh, <laughs> just next time I have a really high note, I'm just going to get you over it. <laughs> the, um, I watched uh, August Osage tall, County. Like a short what? A short bridge. Short bridge. Yeah. Um, I, watched, I watched August Osage County that's, um, that's based on a play. DVD? Or no, 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 I know what you're talking about. Is that the one with the yeah, yeah, yeah. what's her face? This has a this has a little bit of everybody in it. Yeah. It's got Meryl Streep, Julia Roberts, Chris Cooper. I think I saw Ewan McGregor on TV in a scene. God, my God, this is really good, dude. Uh, it, it takes place mostly in in uh, the mom Meryl Streep plays this crazy mom. She's got mouth cancer and she's a drug addict, and. Uh, the ever the families it's kind of a, almost a family reunion everybody's kind of coming there and they haven't been there julia roberts has moved she's one of the daughters and she's moved out of the state 
um, a while back. And that's obviously a sore point with the family. And um, it's, it's really good. Uh, Meryl Streep is pretty incredible in it. And Julia Roberts is really good. Everybody's good in it. I mean, I like Chris Cooper a lot too. I mean, I always like him, but um, this is definitely worth seeing. Uh, It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not a, it's there's, you'll laugh at some stuff, but the main things you laugh at is like how I can't believe she just fucking said that. (laughs) And you get to hear, uh, you get to hear Julia Roberts say your mom's box or something. (laughs) You know, you gotta love family. Um, really good. It's based on a play, which I heard is really good too. So, um, I watched another really good one. This is the uh, this is the three hour movie I watched. I watched Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, uh, uh, this true story of Jordan Belfort and Jordan Jordan Belfort is a fucking dick. He's a shit. This yeah. is. Did you watch this? Did you no, no I just have heard about the real guy. Um, yeah, and I've read a I read a I read some complaints of it that it, uh, I guess glamorizes his life and. This is a similar kind of thing to Spring Breakers, where if you think watching this that you admire this and that it's glamorous, then I, there's something wrong with you too. Well, I think when they, if people haven't seen it and they just see um, the uh, trailer and they see him with all these hot women and partying and going all that, you know. But like you said, if you know the real story, you know. Well, yeah. Well, they really make him come across as a piece of shit. I mean, I don't think they're glamorizing him at all. Yeah, but some. I mean, people, yes, he. Some people these days, the, uh, somebody who's a real piece of shit in that way, that's who they admire. They think that's the greatest sure. thing in the fucking world. And I think I, the movie even kind of makes that comment too. This is uh, this is really good. Um, Should DiCaprio uh, have won the? Yeah, CLA yeah, I was going to say that. He he uh yeah, he was really really that good. And I tell you, Matthew McConaughey was in this briefly and he was really Really? <laughs> he, he was, was funny that? in it too. Yeah, briefly. Jesus. Um you could tell it was filmed it had to have been filmed around the same time as Dallas Buyers Club because he looked skinny. really skinny. Yeah. yeah. Um He's on he's not in it for long. He's kind of a just a kind of a introductory character as Jordan Belfort is getting started in at the Wall Street area. Um kind of who he patterns himself after, I think. Um, this is really good. It's it's a little long, uh, if anything. Who directed uh, three that? hours? Scorsese. Okay, never heard. Yeah, of yeah, it. yeah. I think we did a movie of his once. I can't yeah, Rock. Uh, but yeah, check it, check it out once you get a chance. Um, I watched uh, a Belgian film, Broken Circle Breakdown. This is uh, one that Sammy mentioned in his top thirty list on their show. Um. This is a a couple that uh, they're a little different. The guy is kind of obsessed with um, he has this glamorized view of America, and she's a tattoo artist who's kind of like she's more surface. But they you know they fall in love, have a kid, and their kid it, the story picks up their kid's dying of leukemia. So it's kind of their relationship, and it's it's done in a way. It kind of reminded me of the movie. Um, what was it Blue Valentine with Gosling? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a similar kind of setup where it where it's not chronological. It pops into different times, uh, showing them deal with this struggle of their sick daughter and stuff. And it, the I I would have loved it except there's a couple moments, and I usually don't let single moments break a movie for me. And it didn't break it at all. I really like this a lot. But there's a couple moments when the main guy has these kind of random outbursts about religion and stuff. 
and they can't, they one of them works one of them is completely out of place and it felt really like kind of like tacked on to kind of move his character forward and i didn't it, it was like oh my god I, I, it, it almost ruined it for me but it didn't i really like the movie but it's difficult stuff to deal with i mean the whole movie is stressful um but it's good it's it's worth checking out definitely um, and I watched one more, uh, Big Bad Wolves, Tarantino's favorite movie of 2013. It's an Israeli movie, uh, a more, more, uh, uh, chi- uh, child in trauma movies. This is about, uh, this is kind of like the hunt except more exploitative. Um, and Way Bowles version of the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's pretty stylish. I liked it. I liked it like quite good, a bit. Good personal friend of the show. Yeah. Uwe. Uh, <laughs> we love Uwe. I watched um, the, uh, the, uh, Did you ever watch that fucking documentary Heckler with uh, Jamie Kennedy? Uh-uh. They show it's on Netflix. It's all about heckling and and the the psychology of people that heckle. But they do a scene or a thing about Uwe Boll when he challenged uh, his critics to box him. And Michael, they they have this big event, and it's Uwe Boll is going to box these. There was like four or five of these critics, and they were all young, you know, nerdy teenage guys. And he used to be a boxer i think at one time and uh yeah michael Perret is the fucking ring announcer <laughs> he's like talk to <laughs> uve boo it was awesome michael Perret, fucking yeah <laughs> <laughs> he beat the fuck out of those guys too man i'll tell you what they, they were all like i think a lot of them went just to get the publicity and everything he beat uh-huh. the fucking shit out of all of them and one it went not at one time it was he fight one of them then they'd leave the uh-huh. ring he'd fight the next one next one there was probably four or five guys and he fucking beat the shit out of them it's awesome <laughs> i haven't seen that it doesn't prove um, anything but i mean you know <laughs> yeah yeah it was funny <laughs> Uh, Big Bad Wolves is another one definitely worth checking out. What I would, one thing I, I was kind of confused about the very end of it. So, and I put this on Facebook too. So, if anybody wants to send me an email, <laughs> let me know what your explain interpretation what of the very end of it. Was. Yeah, well, well not explain. I, give your your your. There's a yeah. There's a reveal that kind of puts some things into question, and I was just kind of curious what the... A big monster what, comes out of the guy's butt and kills the kid. <laughs> yeah. He called him Milo. <laughs> um, Milo, too. But uh, good movie. Good movie. Um, that was all I watched for two weeks. That's all I watched. So. Um, why don't we take a break and come back, and uh, we'll, we'll just go in chronological. We'll do some... We'll pay homage to Mr. Ramis. Um, we'll come back and do Stripes. Right after this break. And I have fucking okay, good. We'll be all right. Son, it's time we have a talk. About what, Dad? Well, son, pretty soon you want to look at naked girls. Some movies have lots of naked girls and things that make you feel strange. Like Sasha Gray videos? Whoa, you've got to start off slow, son. Save the triple penetration gangbangs for when you get old and miserable. Savor the sight of bare breasts from a bygone era before they were Google away. Supper time, you two. 
And remember, no incestuous roughies or rapey pink films until after dinner. (laughs) (laughs) The Trashy Trio, covering Euro sleaze, Japanese pink films, American roughies, or any other sordid entertainment that comes their way. The Trashy Trio, a podcast to listen to while alone. With headphones on. Probably in your closet. Under some covers. Stripes, 1981, uh, directed by, it's funny, we got two Ivan Reitman, Bill Murray movies this week. Um, So yeah, Stripes 81, directed by Ivan Reitman, starring Bill Murray, the the aforementioned Harold Ramis, Warren Oates, not really starring PJ Souls and Sean Young, but they're both there and they're both cute. John Candy's not really a star either, but he's funny. So yeah. Zom, this was your choice, so I'd like to hear you talk about it a little. And I've got, I've got a possible bombshell to drop about it when I talk about it. Okay. Um, well, you know, I think that uh, we'll just talk about this movie called Stripes. <laughs> oh, wait, I didn't, I didn't synopsize. Two friends yeah. who are dissatisfied with their jobs decide to join the army for a bit of fun. Sounds like fun to me. Yeah, it's and fucking hilarity ensues. Hijinks and shit. Hijinks. Um, this movie was, uh, well, 1981. I think it's uh, one of the, I knew that Murray did Meatballs before this. 79, it was, yeah. pretty, it was a hit, but it wasn't like a huge, a huge success. But it was a, it was a hit. It's funny. And um, so anyway, he's John Winger. And uh, they start right off the bat with uh, establishing the fact that he is kind of a schlub, uh, yeah. you know, just a lazy kind of a, I don't know, he's got the, the Bill Murray deadpan humor, which really fucking, you know, that's, has, he's, he's, I think he's ridden that a little too long. I think he's a little bit more zany, you know, maybe try something different. I mean, like, okay, well, yeah, we get it. You can do this. Um, so anyway... <laughs> <laughs> he um there there's he's a cab driver in um is it, it's in Chicago, right? No, uh, probably not, probably. I think most of his most of his movies seem to take place. Yeah, cuz that's where Second City and that's where they did all their shit. Yeah, it might maybe it's New York though. Cuz I don't think they have all those bridges in Chicago like that. Ah, it doesn't matter. Um 
but anyway, you have uh, uh, the scene. Uh, there's there, this is one of those movies that just has these iconic scenes uh, with him in the uh, stuffy stuff shirt, old broad, rich broad, and he stops and picks her up. And uh, you know, you have some good stuff like that. It'd be funny if Steve Martin and John Candy would have gotten in the back of his cab. Uh, there was <laughs> there was a lot of. Um, um, hijinks, a lot of comedy in this. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I give it a six. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so Winger, um, he ends up. Uh, I don't know. Just there's a situation with a pizza that's pretty fucking funny, and I and I know most of my friends. Uh, I do stuff like this, so. Uh, and they always say how gross it is or whatever about dropping stuff on the floor. But I mean, you got a whole fucking pizza you pay for. It's not like you can take it back. That was pretty fucking funny. But um, well, at least it, at least it didn't drop cheese down. Yes, yes. Most, most of the time, pizza drops cheese down. At least it dropped on the dry side. Yeah, if you're hungry enough and you're poor enough, you'll fucking. I you know I was college poor where you had twenty bucks to last a whole week, and and I would still blow like a, a great percentage of that on stupid shit like movies and fucking going to the arcade. Yep. Uh, uh, the chick that is his um, girlfriend slash roommate at the beginning, she was only like the young and the restless, which I watched <laughs> for a long time. And I thought, hey, you know, oh my you God. see her tits very early on. Yeah. And, but I'd watched Young and the Restless for a long time. And so when I got to see her, and she has like very small boobs, she's really skinny. But it was like a big thing back then. You know, it's like, oh my God, there's so different Young and the Restless. <laughs> so, um, but uh, she kind of gets fed up with his shit because uh, he's a lovable. Uh, he's like a droopy bach or a, a passive. He's a scamp. Yeah, but but I mean, he just is a bum. You know, he's content that if he's forty fucking, and I don't know how old Murray. How old is Murray in this? Too goddamn old to be joining the goddamn army. I think. Well, in the in the in the movie, they're supposed to be in their twenties. Well, he had in his fucking twenties. I'm pretty sure. Hey, he was he was close. How he was born was in fifty, so he was only thirty. Oh, when they really? Uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, he he's. Uh, I would even say at thirty. That's I mean, when most guys join the army. It's like eighteen, nineteen, or something like well, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but and, still. And Ramus was for uh, he was thirty five. Yeah, but it's it works. I mean, you don't think about that, but it's still it's pretty funny. Um, but I think they're supposed to be in their late twenties because there's a moment when he's laying on the floor at the after doing the push ups, talking about uh, almost turning thirty. You can't even do like two push ups. I don't. I couldn't do. I could, I probably couldn't do five either. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> um, so anyway, you watch wrestling. <laughs> You can do oh, it. I forgot to mention wrestling. I totally because we didn't record last week. I got the WWE Network. What? Um, yeah, I totally forgot to mention that, and it's 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 pretty awesome so far. I've watched. Let's see, I watched. Um, what was the one that took place '89 in Baltimore? The WCW one, um, and it had Terry Funk and Ric Flair. Uh, I quit. I watched. What's that? Is that the I Quit match, or is that it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't an, Flair on the table? It was it was post pile driver because they kept playing up the fact that Ric Flair came back too early and uh. yeah, yeah yeah and then he did a couple pile drivers on Funk himself and um, there was that one and that's where Sting came out to face spoiler alert uh, to save him at the end and then I watched um, I watched ECW uh, Heat Wave '98. 
which was really good. And that had its big match with the Dudleys and Spike and Sandman and all those guys and fucking Rob Van Dam and Sabu almost murdering themselves. Then Mike Awesome got powerbombed <laughs> over the top rope through a table on the floor. I don't know how he didn't die. And, um, and then I watched uh, Bash at the Beach 96. And that was when Hogan, spoiler alert, turned. Fucking <laughs> uh, <laughs> jerk. But yeah, WWE Network is pretty good. If wrestling fans, it's definitely worth uh, checking out. How much if is you it? you like to watch a lot of wrestling. It's 10 bucks a month. Ah. And But you get the pay-per-views, so you can watch WrestleMania and uh, watch the normal. But you get all the old pay-per-views. But they got original programming, too. You get all the new pay-per-views? Neat. Yeah. Oh. How, well, it's how, pretty cool. How could they do that? I they have no idea. They 60 bucks a fucking pop for, to watch those. Maybe they're figuring a lot more people will tune in, so the difference will be made up. Like, maybe compare it to, uh, you know, when you go to a concert and the the tickets are, I mean, the t shirts there are like forty bucks. Mm-hmm. But I went to this one show back, uh, you know, probably fifteen years ago, and the, they were selling t shirts for ten dollars each, mm-hmm. and people were buying like ten at a time. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. I went to the wrestling anyway. convention and um, I can't remember. Oh man, I got BO today. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> making me hungry. It sounds like a hot dog, <laughs> chili dog. <laughs> but anyway, um, Winger's girlfriend decides. You know, I'm tired of this shit. You're you're fucking a loser. You're going to be always be a loser. He has no no direction, no drive. I mean, he's just uh, content to drive his cab and lay around to be a bum. Yeah. And yep. which you know, I do that. Uh, she's a cunt. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, I don't even think he's been a cab driver for that long. I think yeah. he had just started. If you had GPS, being a cab driver would be fucking great. It'd be easy. That's the only thing that kept me would keep me from being a cab driver is I wouldn't know where I was going. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> you see Ramus, uh, and he's he seems. I mean, he's at least intelligent. I mean, he's he's educated, whatever, and and he's teaching these. Uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say foreigners. Foreigners? Well, they are. I mean, they're 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 recent recent arrivals right. to the United States. He's teaching them um, how, to, how to fucking read, and uh, in a true '80s comedy fashion, they have to have like the the racist moment when they're all seeing. Uh, what was the one they sang? A do run run. And Ramus has, I mean, I'll tell you what, one thing about that fucker from the time he was young till the time he probably died, because I saw pictures of him then, he had a fucking huge head of hair. Uh, yeah, he always was shaggy. <laughs> and, and so he is uh, Winger's uh, best buddy. He's his Iceman to Maverick. And um, they decide on a whim. Oh, just like I just decided on a wind to fart. Uh, <laughs> on a wind. Yes. He, Milo, get back in there. Um, he decided that, <laughs> that they, or they decide that, um, and it's mostly Winger's idea, just uh, out of the blue, that they're going to, from watching the, that stupid fucking commercial. Uh, right, right. Army, Navy. Air Force Marines, what a great place. It's a great place to be. Bullshit. So anyway, they're so <laughs> stupid. That they're like the baldies in fucking the Wanderers. They're so stupid that they go and fucking join the, join the army. Um, so 
a lot of the these movies about uh, the army, the military, or whatever. There, there's a. I think it's almost like a a genre in itself where they show the basic training. You had that in uh, yeah. Tribes with Jan Michael Vincent. You had it in in uh, uh, Boys from Company C, Full Metal Jacket, and all this. So they and, and well, yeah, I mean, even like Band of Brothers had the oh, yeah. had the the uh, drill or the drill sergeant. Yeah, the, the drill you know, sergeant the boot, the that's real hard ass and and. Uh, and the haircut scene, which this movie is kind of disappointing, because the only person that really gets the the uh, the buzz or the the haircut that you would probably get, which yeah, is completely shaved, is uh, the real stupid guy. Um, and but like Murray comes out of there now. Right? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, John Candy had his head shaved. Yeah, John Candy got his head shaved too. But so they must have been the ones that had the asshole barber because Murray comes out and he doesn't look that much different than what he was before. And <laughs> Ramus has a short haircut, but I mean it's not like anything like like in uh, Officer and a Gentleman, you know, where they just buzz him, which was pretty funny in that movie. They're coming out and they're like rubbing their the back of their heads like they just got a goddamn crew cut and they have a, like a fucking nothing haircut, you know. It looks like they took a little <laughs> off the top. So anyway, you get introduced to Sergeant Hulka, who is played by the legendary Warren Oates, and um, he's older in this movie. And I'm telling you what, he fucking nails it because he is hilarious. Uh, yeah, he doesn't play anything for laughs. He plays everything straight. Uh, and he is he's not a butthole to the level of like uh sergeant hardman in uh, full metal jacket but yeah he he's probably the most pleasant yeah drill sergeant he's, i've he's ever just seen like, in the he's movie. a tough guy but he's not like he doesn't like uh he swears he's not abusive but he's not yeah he's not just like uh, abusive to be abusive and um the, it's funny watching them. You know, like I said, this is almost like a the basic training movie is like a or scenes from basic training movies are all kind of standard, but they're all funny. Especially watching John Candy, who's just fucking huge, uh, trying to do some of the shit, and like you know the guys swinging on the rope and falling in the fucking waterfall or the pool full of mud and everything. Um, but you know that and Murray is still um, just a smart-ass, still, still a smart-ass comment. He's still lazy. He still tries to figure out how to get out of doing things. Uh, anybody else, um, even his buddy, even uh, Russell Zitsky, uh, who is Harold yeah. Ramis, uh, knows that, okay, just keep your fucking mouth shut. If Sergeant Hulk says something to you, shut the fuck up. But Murray can help it. That's just his thing. He always has to... to uh, you know, if Sergeant Hulka says something, he has to say something smart ass. Not really in a jerk way, but just trying to be funny. And yeah. um you have one scene where um this goes on and on and on and the other guys laugh and everything and Hulka punishes all the other guys, which is a standard thing. If one guy's being a dick, they'll punish everybody else because then the then all the other guys will band together. To, yeah, and, and beat him down. Yeah, get this guy to shut the fuck up because they're tired of getting punished. And you have one scene in this where it's pretty much a, a, a comedy all the way, but you have a scene where uh, Hulk and uh, and uh, Winger kind of they have their this confrontation by themselves, and uh, Hulk kind of gives him the the. Uh, you know, I don't like. I'm, do, I'm doing this for a reason. Yeah. Kind of speech. Whether you know it or not, it's for a reason, and you know, uh, 
whatever. And Winger still is a smartass, and Hulk, Hulk is like a world-weary uh, vet who's been everywhere. He's seen guys like Winger like a million times. Probably every goddamn time they have a new person, at least one guy in every group is like that. <laughs> he just fucking... Uh, he gives uh, Winger his like he says, "I'll give you the first punch. I'll take my hat off. I'll give you the first punch or whatever." And Winger is so unathletic and so you know just a loser. He fucking swings at him and Hulk fucking punches him in the gut. But even then, when he's laying there on the floor, you know, just fucking like sucking wind, Hulk is like, st- I mean, he's pretty cool. Even though he yeah. punched him in the stomach, he's like, you know, uh, uh, let's let's. I'll, I'll forget. I'll, I can forget this has happened if you do, or something like that, or whatever. So he's basically telling him, "Okay, this is between you and me, and whatever." But you, there's so many uh, funny, standard funny things in this that uh, the uh, sergeant does. This mean we don't have to train today? When <laughs> off, and Sergeant Hulk is up in the tower, and he's like, "Hey, you suck holes when I come up here and knock me out," because he'll be wanting them to do something and when they can't do it you know he's like you know i my mama could do this way and winger's like well then why don't you do it and which is stupid because hulka probably does this shit all the time so to prove <laughs> you know just to shut him up he says okay and he climbs this rope which is pretty impressive i know Warren Oates probably didn't do it but you know climbs well, up yeah. to this tower and here's well john larroquette plays this captain who's a fucking <laughs> goddamn douchebag he's such a fucking uh i don't know like a a wannabe uh like general Patton wannabe kind of a guy but he's he's just a fucking moron and he's probably knows somebody or he's like a rich college kid or something and and uh yeah. he's, he fucking is responsible for hulka uh uh being injured, which was pretty funny, because like I said, the uh, any you suckles want to come up here and knock me off this thing, and you sure. <laughs> so, uh, John Candy has that, that moment right there. John Candy has several just kind of little moments, including a scene uh, where he uh, gets, and I guess it was they all decide to go out to a. Um, to celebrate and go to a strip club and uh or it wasn't a strip club i guess it was just a club where they had like their their main attraction for the night was having mud wrestling women's right now what was weird about that place there was a it's a it's a bar where there's topless women serving drinks there's mud wrestling then there's this random shirtless guy why is there a random shirtless he's guy like, with a he's wearing a collar and a bow tie? Well, and it's like, why is he there? Then I guess if I guess if we we're the gentleman's guide to midnight cinema, I guess the question would be, why would he not be there? But well, yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> you know, um, it was for everybody. He was he was uh, I don't know. There was he, no woman in that whole place except for the ones working. And you see like uh, Al Pacino over in the corner huffing on a fucking uh, rag and dancing, which is pretty cool. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but you get Dewey Oxenberg, who is uh, John Candy, and and uh, a, Dewey I, I guess Oxenberg. That wasn't even. There was a lot of shit in this movie that was t- was totally improvised, and that's why um, Bill Murray wanted Ramos uh, to be in it because Murray liked to improvise 
bring scenes. And him and mm-hmm. Ramus were like best friends, and they had known each other. But Ramus didn't want to do the fucking movie, which I'm sure he, he's glad he did now. Uh, well, not now because he's dead. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> they, um, Jesus. Well, I mean, you know, it's been a couple weeks now. Um, it's safe now. So that that whole scene where uh, Candy mug wrestles these women was not even in the script. And they just decided to do it. And I guess Candy didn't want to do it. He was kind of like, uh, I don't know if he was shy or what. But I remember watching this when I was a kid. And this was, you know, before porn and stuff was really of Yeah. And when he ripped those big stops off. And, uh, oh, my God. You know, they're all muddy and everything. But it was like, God damn. Look at that. He's like, shiny, shiny, slippery tits. <laughs> and you get it twice in this. Now, this is this is one... <laughs> We had this on VHS when I was a kid for some reason. I, I think it was one that my grandmother would record. Because she would record, I don't know, I think I've said this on the show before, but she would record random movies off HBO and just send us the tapes. I mean, she lived locally, so it wasn't like she was mailing them, but she would just see a movie that, you know, looked decent or whatever and just set From the VCR. And, pirates. and yeah, and so I would get <laughs> HBO, these HBO tapes all the time. So I had this probably when I was like, nine years old yeah and it was the kind of thing where i was never with very few exceptions i was never like banned from watching anything so there were certain things that after watching it and not getting caught but like when my mom would come through and like there'd be tits on the screen and she's like what are you watching and i would be embarrassed and turn it off right so this one is one i really i learned i could only watch at certain times yeah um what had a few hot and, scenes in it? I mean, uh, you know, that... Oh, the shower. The, when John Larroquette is watching them through that scope. <laughs> yes. That was like and an animal like, yes. scene because that Wha- reminded me wash of... The, wash it, wash it good. And uh, that one chick in the shower must have had the dirtiest tits because, man, she washed those she washed things for a while. Shit <laughs> 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 Not that I wouldn't help her, but... John Larroquette was pretty funny, and I guess he, he uh, uh, confessed that... In just about every scene he was in, he was fucking drunk. So that was that was kind of. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> but um, I thought PJ Souls and uh, Sean Young were pretty hot in this too. And yeah, they were cute. Of course, back in the day, uh, this was before Sean Young was like really famous, and uh, I I didn't even you know know who she was. And uh, and when they go to the um, uh, was it General Barnicky? 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 <laughs> that guy owes me money. Hey, Barney. And they go to his house. That was at the the uh, the scene where Murray and uh, PJ Souls come up out of the uh, was it some kind of <laughs> oh the chest, chest yeah, the, 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 the foot, the foot I was locker. Like, God damn it, that would have been so awesome. <laughs> I liked when she was sitting on the stove and he yeah. asked her if she had the Aunt Jemima treatment or whatever. I guess that was kind of improvised too, you know, with the Aunt Jemima. Yeah, because he was trying to flip her ass with the with the uh, she the was a spatula. But apparently, yeah. she was dating at the time Dennis Quaid. And he was supposed to be in the movie. I, th- I don't know what part he was supposed to play. If it was Ramus's part or something like that. And then he actually is an extra in the movie when they do the uh, the uh, drilling uh, uh-huh. with the uh, you know, um, which was pretty. That was you know that's a classic scene right there where they where they are trying to past their graduation it's basic the movie is basically like divided into two parts you have the part where they're in basic training and they do all that shit and hulk gets fucking hurt and uh 
than to prove that they to just to graduate, you know, prove that they can do yeah. they train all night, which is fucking pretty hilarious when they show up and do all that shit. Um, and I, I would, you know, that 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 almost in the theater that happened, and they were out there doing their, you know, uh, all their cadence and all that shit. And uh, precision marching and everything, you know, it's almost like you just want to stand up and cheer because it was so <laughs> so fucking cool. But then after that, um, the the movie—that's a fact, Jack. Then the movie gets serious. <laughs> okay, here's I, here's a good time to 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 drop my bombshell. This is a movie I probably saw maybe as early as like eighty four, eighty five, uh-huh. when I was like nine years old. As many times as I put this VHS in, and as many times it's been on fucking TV. I had no idea the movie continued after the, the part where they do the marching. Are you serious? Like, so you missed yeah, because I when that when that I yeah the last like th- almost thirty minutes of the movie I have never seen every time. What you just turned it off every time after? I get I guess I don't know. This is it's been years <laughs> and years since I've seen this, but I was expecting that to be the final the finale of the movie. So they're doing the marching, and I was like, oh, the, okay, you know, I was, I was about to wrap up, and I looked at the time, and I'm like the fuck it's only like an hour and 20 minutes it's still got like 25 30 minutes left and i've never in the stuff with the with the You're rv never, never seen it, it ever. completely new <laughs> i know i this is you a movie been, that i've happy, probably you got up cheered and ran out and was like woohoo and, and they just kept <laughs> well I, or maybe i was just trying to hide maybe i was afraid more tits were going to show up <laughs> on the screen and i'd be embarrassed by my mom uh national lampoon's european vacation was another one like that because uh, I knew that there were tits coming up, so I couldn't watch that movie when my mom was around. Tits. Um, well, they, because they do such a great job uh, at their graduation, the stupid-ass fucking general decides to put uh, them in charge of this fucking big uh, secret project, which the secret project thing was almost like the, the, the stay-free marshmallow guy in the fucking <laughs> movie, where you're thinking, okay, there, there, there's this big project. I mean, I wonder what it's going to be. And they come up with this fucking Winnebago. <laughs> like a fucking, it was an all-terrain uh, like a fucking camper, like a Winnebago. Yeah, it was just a camper, it but it was cool fucking like a arm to the teeth. Yeah. And then, so anyway, they they um, Hulka is still injured, and and uh, at first, well, no, didn't he go with them at, right at first? They th- yeah, he showed up when they got there. He was yeah, there. They thought they were gonna just go and party and do all this shit, and Hulka shows up, and he's like, you know, yeah, fuckheads, you know, I'm here now, and. Uh, ooh. But because Winger and uh, mostly Winger, because he's uh, a kind of a fucking fuck up and a moron, <laughs> a real man who lives by his wits, he's a rugged individualist. They decide that they're going to take the two chicks. Uh, they call them, it says Stella and Louise, but I don't ever remember them even having names in the fucking movie. Uh, people, they had their names on. They had their names on their yeah on their thing, but it wasn't their on their tags. But yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember them calling. Well, you know what? I remember Ramus called her by her name, called Sean Young. That's how they paired off. He was with Sean Young. She and I. When I looking at her, I was trying to remember what I saw, recognize her from most. But I think it must have been Blade Runner. She yeah. Was there. Yeah. Um, but she. Um. They, they decide like morons that they're gonna get in this goddamn. Um. Well, did they? Yeah. They, no, they didn't. 
did they take the well, they, thing? Yeah, they were. They were. They were. Yeah, because they, they were, were going to go, and they're like, "We're so damn lost. Where the hell's Innsbruck, Austria?" And they go to like some. Uh, well, yeah. They, well, they were in. They were in uh, Italy, right? And they were. They borrow the camper. camper. It's called. Yeah. The well. The <laughs> yeah. The I forgot the name of it. it had a, it was just like the EF five fifty or something yeah. like that. And uh, but they borrow it to because the two girls are stationed in Germany, so they're going to drive from Italy to Germany, and then yeah, the rest the of the John Larroquette is in charge of them still, and he uh, when he realizes it's gone, he wants to, he doesn't want the army to find out, so he gets all the rest of the guys from the troop to get in together in a truck, and they're going to drive and follow them and get it back, and they end up and like that's, they they're the Germany. ones that get lost, and they end up in Czech in Czechoslovakia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking. He's such a goddamn stupid moron. And then what's I love when they they're in the uh, the like the dungeon thing, and he's like, you know, I got you. It's all your fault. I've got to get out of here. You you and, and Candy fucking berserk <laughs> like a goddamn rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so then they find out. Uh, Zitsky and Winger find out that uh, that their guys have been. Uh, not abducted because they're so stupid. They went over the uh, border and they get captured by these communist troops. And that's another, it's another boner inducing moment when, uh, cause you know, when winger, when they go with the EM 50, uh, to, um, rescue the guys right at first, wingers just kind of acting goofy and shit. But, uh, when they finally get the guys and they go into, and they get back on the urban assault vehicle and, and, uh, um, Harold Ramos is showing all the shit that it can do. It was pretty cool because they're like, and you, and you saw like several of the guys from, uh, like the, uh, oh, was it Dave Thomas? Uh, from yeah, SCT. he was in there, and David Thomas was the guy. He was well, he the was, ring announcer for the mud wrestling. Yeah, the mud wrestling, and then the one guy, uh, Joe F- uh, Flatterty, Flatterty, was uh, one of the border guards. That, they got lo- <laughs> the, the local, the local guys that repel the invasion. Yeah, yeah that was pretty fucking fun. <laughs> so you, you have some SCTV guys in there just that just show up, and uh, also um, what's his name from uh, Old James Reinhold is in it too from. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, he's trying. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and and uh, uh, I, I forgot the part about one of the funniest. One of the funny parts was, uh, uh, you know, the Lee Harvey. <laughs> you were Lee Harvey. Uh, <laughs> then the part when they were going around talking about uh, in boot camp, you know, who they are. Um, and the one guy's like, uh, what's the one guy's name? And he was like, uh, Francis, if you call me, Fra- he's like, I- I'm psycho. Psycho, yeah. Call me- My real name's Francis. If you call me Francis, I'll kill you. Yeah. But there's just so many. This is one of those movies. That it's hard. It's almost hard to uh, to review because you have bit after bit after bit, and they're all yeah. legendary. So you could just talk about, you know, okay, well, remember when they did this? Or remember when they did that? So, but um, I think the strength of it is, of course, you know, I mean, Murray is the fucking is the is the main guy the hero and everything and his just that deadpan humor that he has really fucking works uh picking warren oates uh, yeah like a, well, a good example i liked uh near the beginning with uh, the, the total like lame joke that still made me laugh is when he is 
when uh, Ramus comes in and, and Murray just gotten dumped and he's like playing around with the basketball and he gets pissed and throws it right through the window and he's like, little help, little help. And then the ball comes crashing in through the window next to them. Yep. It's like shit like that. That's like obvious, but it still made me laugh. He's just, I mean, he, he's just a, a fucking born loser. I mean, everything bad that can happen is going to happen. Um, but I, I do like, they said that, um, I guess Ivan Reitman, uh, loved, uh, old westerns and stuff and uh, so that's why they he wanted a rugged guy and he picked war notes and they said the guys would just sit around and listen to war notes tell stories about like making the wild bunch and all these old old uh movies that were just you know that they it was just like if, if jesus was on the set they'd sit around and just listen to him tell stories but there was right. one part where uh, they said all the guys just they wanted to get um, a natural reaction out of war notes and all the guys were supposed to in a scene, I I don't even think it, it probably even made it in the movie where him and Winger were going to go at it, and they grab Sergeant Holka and grab Winger, and they end up falling in the uh, the like the mud pit on the obstacle course, and Warren Oates uh, it, he like broke off uh, part of his tooth, and it wasn't Ooh. even supposed to be in the movie. He didn't know that it was going to happen. They were grabbing him. They were going to throw him in there, or they did throw him in, and he got pissed, and I guess he fucking really went off on Ivan Reitman and said, you know, you stupid motherfucker, which I would too. And that's my tooth. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I can't believe this fucking thing on IMDb has a 6.9 rating out of 10. Uh, if that tells you anything about how I'm going to rate it, that's kind of... Uh, I might break your heart then. Really? I love this. Well, okay. And this I could watch I, I, over and over and over, which I have. I like it a lot too, but the 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 ending was not my favorite thing, and the ending that I I thought that I had seen and obviously had not, I, I was I, I don't know with the whole camper thing I was getting a little bored with it. Well, they can, I thought well, the, the the very exact ending uh, was almost uh, reminiscent of Animal House where they yeah the the, new, the newspaper articles that yeah. was pretty funny. I liked uh, I liked uh, Zinsky's quote. Zinsky rates the Russians. They're pussies. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, it, it, I I don't know. I I can see where you're kind of coming from because it it does take a. I wish I had seen it when I wish I had seen the whole movie now when I was a kid. Well, I don't know why I stopped. Honestly, I don't know why I've never finished this movie. It's really weird. After the one part, and then you you were done. <laughs> yeah, That's I was done. Why? You know, when your mom went home, as soon as you come, you're like, yeah, yeah. Not I, I almost I almost don't even remember the end of uh, European Vacation after the scene in, where they're in Rome and they're at the they're at the. Uh, the one bar with the chicks doing the aerobics workout. On See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I almost don't remember what happens after that either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Well, anyway, do you have any uh, shite you want um, to this movie? I laughed at another uh, another part with the uh, English as a second language class when he's asking if anybody knows English, and he's like, one guy knew a little bit. He's like, son of beach, sheet. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um... Let's see. Ever see a monk get wildly fucked by a bunch of teenage girls? Nope. So much for the monastery. That was a funny line. Uh, Let's see. You got something low rise in a bikini mesh, preferably. That was with Bill Murray was asking if he liked briefs or boxers to wear with his uniform. And he wanted a mesh bikini. Um, Let's see. That one chick, uh, the one of the mud wrestlers. I don't know who any of them were. I'm just looking at but their there names was one, right now. I don't recognize. Yeah, them. the one, the, the the blonde chick that was the main one punching him and kicking him. Yeah, she was uh, 
<laughs> she had she had great legs. Yeah. She was doing these like high kicks, and then like there was you, you saw one of those nice like at, like crotch ass shots when they were all piled on top of. Uh, and it was obvious. I mean, it was very very uh, blatant well, one of those that deals they were doing where on purpose. It, when I was watching the movie, you think, oh man, you'd be able to get in there and and. Uh, like roll around with these naked women and feel their tits and everything. But then the reality sinks in that when you go in there, they beat the fucking shit out. They were punching him in the yeah. face and kicking him in the stomach and balls and everything. They were mean or shit. And so everybody's funny in this movie. I, I, I still like it quite a bit. I, uh, I just, you know, the ending really, I, I was so shocked that I was like, I don't recognize any of this. <laughs> Maybe I had seen it and I just completely forgot, but it really, it seemed hundred percent new. Like mm-hmm. I was like, like I didn't recognize the camper or anything. Nothing rang a bell about the last twenty minutes of this movie. Now, did you see Bill Paxton in this? Because when I watched, I even looked for him. Oh. I didn't see him. He is in this. He plays a soldier in it, but he must have just been an extra somewhere because I didn't see. Him. He had to have been really young because think about in Weird Science was like eighty five, yeah. and he was young in that. He had to have been a baby He's face. Fifty five. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, okay. well, he still would have been 25, yeah. 24, 25 when they made this. So. Um, we can get into ratings here. I This movie I've watched over and over and over and over and over. Um, I gave Groundhog Day a 10. <laughs> I give this one a 9. I love this movie. I, I could, I, it's one of my favorites. I give it a 6.75. Jesus. The first... The, the first Hour and fifteen minutes. I'm very familiar with the first the part of it. of it. Now, if you just rate, if if it would have ended at the end, would they do that? Uh, when they, when they'd be like an eight point five. Okay, okay. Yeah, there you go. The the ending of it, I just didn't really like all that much. I didn't think it was that funny. Like, I don't know. It was kind of silly. I mean, granted, the whole movie's silly, but I don't know. It got. It felt like it was being serious at times, and it wasn't really all that exciting. And eh. <laughs> something wrong. With yeah. You. <laughs> Six point. What did I say? Six point seven five. Yeah, yeah. Six point seven five. That's fine. Yeah, whatever. Cool. Um, let's take a break and come back, and maybe uh, you'll break my heart on Ghostbusters. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll be right back. Heart. <laughs> One dark and stormy night in the mid eighties. Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. What? From that union arose the greatest movie <laughs> critic and luchador that ever lived. But we're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that, and I'm waste. Now pull up your skirt. So check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios!
shake dreams from your hair, my pretty child, my sweet one. Choose the day and choose the sign of your day, the day's divinity. First thing you see. A vast, radiant beach and a cool, jeweled moon. Couples naked race down by its quiet side. And we laugh like soft, mad children, smug in the woolly cotton brains of infants. All right, that's enough of you, dirt. That's enough of you, dude. All right, Ghostbusters. Uh, 1984. Zom, would you like to synopsize? This is a tough one. Three unemployed parapsychology professors set up shop as a unique ghost <laughs> room. <laughs> <service>. Ah! <laughs> Uh, original title, Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, this is another Ivan Reitman, another Bill Murray. Uh, this one also has Dan Aykroyd and um, Harold Ramos, obviously, and Miss Sigourney Weaver, and some other people, too. Ernie Hudson, who was honestly... Watching it this time, you know, this is this is the kind of movie where I got, I got to the point where I, I would just... It's it's one of those where you I would just put it on and it would be playing all like you know without even like paying much attention to it. So I guess it had been a while since I'd sat down to actually watch it 100% paying attention start to finish. I forgot how little Ernie Hudson actually is in it. Um, <laughs> it's comical <laughs> comical how much I mean how much he's not in it or what little he has to do. Yeah, and that, I mean like Literally, the dude's got like four lines in the whole movie. I thought I could have sworn he was more. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but you thought you saw all of Stripes. <laughs> I thought yeah. I also saw. All, oh yeah, also thought I saw all. You're saying like Bruce Dern in that fucking movie. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um. <laughs> the uh, I just lost my fucking notes. Oh. Uh, hang on, they're here. I mean, I lost them in the, the file. Something close. strange right. in neighborhood. So this is, um, you have a group of guys, you have um, uh, Peter Venkman, you have Raymond Ray Stance, uh, played by Dan Aykroyd, Venkman is Bill Murray, and then you have uh, Egon Spangler, played by Ramus, and uh, this is, this is uh, Ramus at his driest, I think. He doesn't even crack a smile in this movie, which, it's, that's, the, that's his character, Egon. And I always wondered, uh, not really... Super related, but why they always made Egon blonde in the cartoon that they spun off of this? Eh, yeah, but, that's kind of odd. Yeah, I don't know. but um, everybody else looked the same. Um, so you got these three guys. They work at a university. I don't know if they say which university. I always assume like New York University or or uh, Columbia, since those are in the city. Fucking Duke. Um, <laughs> I watched that game last night. Well, I watched about seventy five percent of it. You thought you watched all of it, and, and then you realized you missed like the second half. <laughs> yeah, I missed the second half completely. Um, the, I guess they're. I, I mean, the, the synopsis says they're unemployed. They are employed when it begins. They uh, they work kind of on the <laughs> on government funding or university funding. They had a just doing. Gig. They did have a good gig. They they. I guess they do parapsychic or supernatural research and stuff like that. Um, 
early on you have Bill Murray uh, or Venkman doing these tests on these two people, this hot chick and then this like nerdy guy with a, <laughs> with an afro. And I always liked that scene a lot because he sh- whenever if and that, that's based on an actual experiment that somebody oh, yeah. did at some point. Yeah, but um, he's testing the negative reinforcement on like uh, on telekinesis, you know, something like that, where they can basically he has a card with a shape on it, and they have to tell him the shape. Well, the girl gets it wrong every time, but she's hot, so he just tells her she's right. Oh, can you see through this? And like, but the guy, even if he gets it wrong or right, he just shocks him every time. And I always laugh when the guy's gum pops out of his mouth. <laughs> and Murray sells so, it too. Like he'll look at the girl yeah. and give her a look, you know, or it's kind of cool. Uh, um, <coughs> you, uh, so Excuse me. You established those guys. And, and uh, the uh, uh, Stance and, uh, and, and Egon are, they're, you know, they're, they're more into it. I think, I think Fankman just kind of floats along because it's an easy gig and He's he gets a paid calm, for it. A lazy cool. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know if he actually has a PhD. He tells uh, he tells William Atherton later on that he has a PhD in like phys- or, uh, psychology and parapsychology or something. I don't know if that's true, but um, so they they take their research more seriously. Um, and then you get uh, kind of the hint that things are starting to go awry in the city. Well, uh, we show we see the and this this is the opening credits of the movie, but the in the library. I always thought that was a really great scene because. Uh, you know, in '84, you know, you got Star Wars and stuff, but special effects were still, you know, re- like a, a wow thing. Yeah. You know? Like there, it was still all. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much of it. I don't know if it's computer done, but the, like the laser type stuff in this, I'm not sure exactly how they did that. But a lot of it's still practical too. Um, you know, I was just reading, and we were talking uh, while we, before we started recording this segment. The uh, uh, looking at the photos and stuff of how they uh, doing the ghosts, uh, the Slimer ghosts, um, and I, I interestingly read that it's it smelled like onions, so they called it onion or onion head or something like that. But um, the the librarian I thought looked great, and um, the the ghost librarian. Yeah, that was but, cool. Um, I always liked that. I mean, it, it's something very simple, but even with the books, like in the library, kind of floating from one shelf to another on a line. Um, or the cards flying out of the uh, the card catalog. <laughs> card catalog. Do they still have a card catalog, or does everything on computers? I don't think so. I remember I, in I college don't. when they were switching over to putting everything on the computer, and I went up there, you know, with all intent purposes, like going through the card catalog. I'm like, "Where's the card catalog?" <laughs> <laughs> and I cried. I, I mean. Uh, yeah, I had to use it too, but I don't think many libraries still would use that. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem very practical now. Yeah, it takes up a lot of space. Well, God, there's not a lot, a lot of, of libraries anymore, probably. Uh, I mean, if a ghost comes through, you're got your all that fucking work's ruined. So. Yeah, you go, well, and they fucking throw shit all over the place. <laughs> fucking jerky ghosts. Yeah, fucking Um. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? No, I don't believe in anything. I don't either. Um, My sister does, and she's uh, uh, professes to be this big atheist and everything. But then she'll sit there and talk about how she believes in ghosts. I'm like, I don't know, you know, whatever. Show me, prove to me, and I'll and I'll change my mind. Yeah, those. And when they're first going into the library, so the the library calls because they, they once they're unemployed, the guys have an idea. Well, I guess Murray has an idea. They they're going to make money off of their their knowledge. Um, I guess is, was this after they got scared off at the library? Um, I don't yeah, remember how they yeah. got. To, I don't because, remember how they got called to the library. 
uh, I guess because they still worked at the university and the the guy came in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what it was. So, um, an Ackroyd has to mortgage, put a third mortgage on his. Yeah, third mortgage on his parents' parents' house. Uh, house that they left him in their will, but uh, they, uh, you know, they go into the library. I love how how disgusted Murray looks at the library. <laughs> He's just like, "Fuck, get me out of here! This is so boring." And he's talking to that woman, asking her if she's menstruating. <laughs> <laughs> the librarian that got this shit scared out of her. Um, the um, the the uh, it was funny when he you know when Egon asks Vengman to take the sample of the ectoplasm. Ugh, uh, that was just like <laughs> going to a bukkake fucking convention and somebody saying, "Hey, get a sample." That shit and was gross. His hands. He's like, God. And I have done the white the shit and the flip and white, but it was a snot. In the library, man, I sneezed in my fucking hand. And I mean, uh, it was one of those ones where all the snot came out. I was like, what the fuck are you going to do? Uh, so um, after they get that, they find, the, they find the ghost. They actually see a ghost for the first time after all these years of study. But the, it totally made me think of them in the library. made me think of those stupid. I don't know if you've seen them. But the, those ghost hunter shows that they have on TV now. Yeah, Vampiro, the wrestler, used to, uh, did one. But it was they're like so. Stu- yeah, they're so stupid because every single fucking show, it's like this is definitely something. It'll be like you'll know, you'll hear like, <gasps> and it's like that. That is definitely, and they'll like slow the recording down, and it'll say, like, "I think that's a voice saying blah blah blah." It's so stupid. There is down they never there, see there shit. Is, uh, there's two things we have the um um. Oh shit! The goddamn uh, state—they uh, call it's the for the for the insane or whatever uh, state hospital is an old state hospital where they uh-huh. you know, kept people who were mentally ill, and you know it's it's sitting empty. But now they do uh, tours there, and at, around Halloween they do like this this uh, deal where you go and uh, pay. And you go in there and stay overnight, and they have. And I went there one time. I stopped. It's the uh, Lewis County or uh, something like that lunatic asylum. And um, I was riding my motorcycle, and I thought, well, you know, I've never been to that place, you know. And I stopped there, and um, they were getting re- they were going to have the thing that night, and they had one of those ghost uh, shows, like you were talking about, that's on Discover or whatever. And yeah. they were going to be there that night. And it was like, uh, if it was regular, like ten bucks to go in the place, and they just walk you through during the day and tell you stories or whatever. At night for this thing, it was like eighty bucks or something. Jesus! And you go in there and stay all night, and and they they do that shit. Do they have a fucking like bed for you to stay in? Or no, something? Or are you sleeping on the floor. The old dirty. Oh, floor. I, I walked around the outside of the building during the day and was looking in, and I mean it was just old, empty paint chipped all over the place. And I'm sure it would be scary at night, especially if somebody was in there fucking with you. Yeah. And um, but there were some of these um, paranormal people uh, from some convention or like group or something that were there, and they had their t- like T-shirts for the group. And I started oh, talking Jesus. to them, and you know, you believe what you want to believe, and you know, y- yeah. y- if you want want it to be that. And then there's a there's a um, uh, old state prison around here, and they shot. I can't remember what movie it was. Here recently, uh, oh, the one with um, Christian Bale, the uh, furnace uh, with Woody Harrelson and what's-his-face, Casey Affleck. Uh, They shot some of the prison stuff in that prison, but they do a – same thing. You can go up and go go through a tour all the time, but at Halloween, they have like a – kind of like a haunted deal with that too, which I think – I mean, it would be creepy as shit. 
I don't like being, you know, walking around the goddamn house, you know. Well, we went to uh, Creepy. Savannah a few years ago, and they have a um, a haunted, like a haunted tour you can take. Yeah. And uh, not really my thing, but it was neat because one, they get they you ride in a hearse, but they've got the top cut off and like a raised top on it, so you can like sit and just kind of watch it, mm-hmm. uh, like look out. It was neat because they didn't do it like, watch out, here comes, like, they, they didn't do it as they were saying, I believe this shit. They were doing it as saying, like, this is the story from this place. Right. So it was interesting to see the history of that. But there's a, there's a, there's a, there's one of those. There's a state hospital there in Savannah that they stop at. And I really wanted to go inside, but all the doors are fucking chained up. Yeah. So they, they don't let you go inside. No, they um, don't want the things that are in there to get out. Well, what's interesting about that place is when they had, because it used to be they had, um, before they knew it was from uh, some bug that the mosquitoes carry, the yellow fever used to be a problem in Savannah, and, and all these people would die every summer from this yellow fever, and all the rich people would never get it because since they knew the yellow fever was coming, they would just leave and go stay at their house up north while the, <laughs> nice and left, leave all the poor people there. So once you had it, there was nothing to do. Like they didn't know how to f- make you better. So what they would started doing is digging these catacombs under this mental hospital and with all these beds in it. And they would just, as soon as somebody got sick, they'd either quarantine you in your house or put you in these catacombs in a bed and wait for you to die. Jesus. And when enough people were in there, they would just wall it up. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, That's so there's yeah. all these like, there's all these dead people that were just left under this, under, in these basically, uh, I guess tombs. I guess underneath the. Well, when I went in that so, lunatic asylum thing, uh, I just walked in the lobby, and I asked some guy that was there. I said, you know, hey, is, have you ever done the tour? And he said, yeah. And I said, uh, is it worth it? And he goes, I'll save your money, you know. And uh, they had a, <laughs> this one room, and they had like a little TV set up with a, a, a tape that ran on a loop. And I guess mm-hmm. this was back maybe when West Virginia. I can't remember what the date was, but. Um, that place was one of the first places that they ever did a, uh, a lobotomy and they were talking Ooh. about it and they'd, you know, take you, you know, fucking do the deal where they put the thing into the frontal lobe of your brain and all right. that shit. Now, it might've been when it was still Virginia. I mean, back in like in the, uh, civil war days. Oh, wow. But I was like, well, that's, that's something to be proud of. So, well, yeah, the, the, them going in this library totally made me think of the stupid ghost hunter show because they look like rookies. Um, and I like I like the change they make throughout the film yeah. as they get more, I guess, jaded from all the shit they're seeing. And they're like, they got cigarettes hanging out of their mouths and they're just a, that they're walking one time in like covered when in slime. Lloyd saw that fucking ghost and he had a cigarette <laughs> in his mouth and, and then it fell out, but it was just hanging. <laughs> <laughs> his lip. Ackroyd's Acro- a good smoker. He he. Yeah. I don't know if he's. I guess he's probably smokes in real life or did at least. It, he always he's always looked good with a cigarette in his mouth. Well, I guess. And Bill Murray looks a little weird with a cigarette in his mouth. He's really. He was really into like uh, cryptozoology and uh, and uh, all that shit like that. You know. Well, yeah. This was his. This was his baby. And like yeah, you know, like we were talking about this. The original story was going to be like they were going to travel through dimensions and shit. Well, I have, like, I've had some, or you know, uh, some podcasts that I was listening to that dealt with like cryptozoology and paranormal and stuff like that. I don't believe in it, but I love. And the guys that that were 
doing the podcast are from like the University of Georgia. Uh, they're on the campus mm-hmm. and everything, and they don't believe in it either. But they just them talking about it, it's just fun to hear the that you know yeah. talk about it and the stories and everything. Well, yeah, this was this was this was Aykroyd's baby, and him and Ra- Ramis ultimately worked on the on the script. But you know, reading reading that the what was it called Ghost Smashers or something? Yeah, ghosts, they're gonna yeah. like be time travelers or something and, was, and shit was, like that. This one was supposed to be Belushi and uh, Aykroyd. Yeah, Belushi and Aykroyd, but Belushi died before they finished the screenplay. Well, I've, 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 he died. Let's see, what year did he die? It had to have been like eighty. It was after 81, and this was in 84, so I mean, it's a couple years around there, 82, 83. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, uh, anyway, the, um, so yeah, the, the, the ghost hunters bullshit, but. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> I watched MILF hunters uh, today, or cougar, cougar hunters or MILF hunters. That was pretty good. I remember the MILF hunter. He looked yeah. kind of like uh, Jerry Lynn, the wrestler. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing. He died in uh, 82, yeah, at 30, okay. age 33. 30 fucking A, 33. Um, the uh, I never noticed before watching this more closely also how many references to, or there's there's several references to Stay Puft Marshmallows before the actual end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, the bag. Um, uh, yeah, there's a bag of marshmallows that she buys, and there's a there's a painted one of the you know in New York how they paint billboards on the side of brick buildings. But there's a, there's a Stay Puff billboard painted on the side of a building too. <laughs> um, but uh, after after the 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 spooking at the library when they all run away after um, when the, they the, ran out of that fucking place, it reminded I just I expected to hear because they ran out like the three fucking stooges or something. They ran well, did, their you, lives. did you did you catch in stripes when uh, when John Candy did the curly move? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when they were he he like wrestling. slaps the top of his head and does the like step around on one foot. Yeah, um, he hulked up. But I love the uh, I love the commercial. So that's when they have the idea. Like we can make money off of this. Um, they don't really go into at all how they all of a sudden have the technology to actually capture the ghost seeing as the, the librarian was the first one they ever actually saw <laughs> but um they you know egon i mean uh, uh, ray takes out a third mortgage on his parents house and uh uh they use that to buy and he, i love that he's like the kid of the group because they go in there and egon and this is again back to um the way ramus plays it is very just dry and he's like the 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 structure is subpar. The wiring is faulty. This place should be condemned. And fucking Ray comes sliding down. The pole, this fireman's pole is great. Oh, this place is awesome. Can we stay here the night? It was a shithole, man. It was like a total fucking dump. <laughs> since it's his, since it's his, uh, his money, I guess they have to just go along with what he wants to buy. He ends up buying that freaking Cadillac hearse to to use as their car. Which well, I don't know if it was was that supposed to be the exact one that we saw at Whorehound. No, no, I don't think. I think that I think there's been. I think the original one actually stopped working because uh, I, I think by the second one they started using a they because the first version of it they made made it through the entire movie, but I think by the second one they had a new car. So there's probably just a reproduction that was still kind of cool. Yeah, it was it. cool. Um, but the uh, that, I love their commercial. They're really cheap. <laughs> 
call us the Ghostbusters. You know, we're ready to believe you. And they, they, it's perfect because they say it not quite in unison, <laughs> uh, but like they didn't quite rehearse it long enough. But so they're, they're becoming the Ghostbusters. And, uh, you know, they, they don't, I don't know if they even know what they're going to do exactly at first. Uh, <laughs> they send, uh, <laughs> they use the last of their money eating Chinese food and, but they, uh, that's when you it get definitely would have been e- it would be easy to run that as a scam because like you well, said yeah. the, the people that would call you would be people that would that want to believe it so you could fucking yeah. tell them yeah we just went in there and got it and all said so they um that's when you uh, Sigourney Weaver's character Dana um Zool there is no Dana only Zool uh she comes in and um she gets harassed by Rick Moranis. Uh, he's the fucking funny in the video. neighbor from hell, man. I've lived that <laughs> kind of neighbor that you just want to. I think John Candy was supposed to originally do that role. Um, but he's wearing this fucking velour jogging suit. Like every, she's try, she always tries to tiptoe past his door and he immediately just busts out. It's like, like hey, you want to come get some mineral water? Uh, what, what were you saying? <laughs> he's probably just like sitting there looking out the people just waiting for it every day. <laughs> yeah. And she looks good with long hair, man. Yeah. I like, she was, she was good looking in this movie. Um, but the, uh, she goes into her house and that's when you get the first, uh, I guess outside of the library paranormal moment with the eggs frying. And I always wondered how they did that. I don't know how they did that with the, the eggs pop out and they just turn white instantly. I don't know if they had the countertop heated up or what. It had to. They look good. Yeah. Yeah. And these eggs just pop out and, the, and that's where you see the Stay puff bag and she opens the fucking refrigerator I don't think I don't know if she notices the eggs at first, but she opens the refrigerator and the fucking like the gateway to hell is right there. It's like a portal. <laughs> yeah, um, and then she sees the Ghostbusters on TV and she goes down there and I, I guess she's embarrassed to call. She just wants to go check it out and make sure they're legit. And they're just sitting there fucking drinking beer and eating Cheez Its. And uh, <laughs> the um, uh, I thought that was great. The um, I, I actually took that note: Cheez Its and Budweiser. Um, Bill Murray sees her and he's like, he, she she walks in and he like does this like springboard over this little wooden railing and stuff and he's such a like, for lack of a better term, a coos hound in his movie. Coos, <laughs> coos, yes, yes, he loves the ladies. He's always such a slimy guy, which I really appreciate. But, <laughs> um. <laughs> They, uh, he goes over to her house and they never say what this little tool is, but he's walking around her house and he's being so, he's being so shady. Looks like a um, fucking light this, detector or something. Where yeah. So I don't know what it is. He's got this little detector. box he hangs and it's got a little tube on it and he squeezes this little bulb like a, uh, like Rick, the model Martell's, uh, protein <laughs> <Yeah>. bottle. <laughs> and you just hear him going like, he sprayed like down Tom Sex ball bag. <laughs> Slurp, uh, but slurp. It had to have been improvised. I, I, hey, I would like Tom to Zink, think so anyway. Why don't you come over here and, and let the, the model spread down your ball bag? <laughs> oh, yes, the <laughs> French ball bag. Did, Bri- did, uh, did Brian Pillman get in there too? Somewhere? Oh, Brian Pillman. Oh, the guy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brian um, Pillman. Spread <laughs> <laughs> my ball that's bag how, too. I'm a loose fucking ca- kid. That sounded kind of like Tommy Wildfire Rich. Well, you know, that's all right. That's better than do. any any. It's many one better than any impersonations I do. <laughs> um, but I love the scene. I I hoped that it was. I, I hoped that it was improvised. I don't know if it was or not. But when he reaches into the piano, he's like ding 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 ding. 
ding, ding, like doing the keys. And he's like, oh, they hate that. Like, yeah. they, they really hate this. That's right, boys. It's Dr. Venkman. <laughs> like, I, lo- I loved it. He's so good in that. Um, and she tells him, you don't act like a scientist. You're more like a game show host. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, Another scene. I don't know if they left it in when uh, when fucking Ramus is sliding down the 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 pole the first time when they get their first call. He looks like he's gonna shit himself. Uh, everybody, Bill Murray slides down and he has this chi- he has chopsticks in his mouth and he's holding his Chinese food with one hand. Uh, uh, Ackroyd looks like he's having fun. They show Ramus's face for a split second. I don't know if it was acting or if he was really scared, but he was like, Aah! he had that face. <laughs> he's about to shit himself, but. Um, you get the first big scene of them busting a ghost, and that's the uh, the Slimer scene. And I always love that 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 hotel scene. They're like they're frying everything. Oh yeah, they <laughs> fucked that place up big time. Oh man, the 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 chandelier. He's like, oh, that's my I'd fault. Be, my I'd fault. be shitting myself too. I think if I saw something <laughs> like that, Jesus. Uh, him getting slimed. Um, you know, this has to be one of the first movies I saw. Empire in the theater that I know. And probably E.T., but I, I this is one of the first ones I could remember, like the whole experience of going to the theater. I would have been like, I guess, eight when this came out. Hmm. Um, and I was a uh, this was I was a huge fan of like the whole marketing thing they did with this growing up. Like I having seen this in the theater, just like Star Wars that I talked about the last time, our last show, same kind of thing. Like I had the Ghostbusters toys. They used to fucking sell. Uh, cans of ectoplasm and it would come in different colors and stuff and it was neat because the cans actually would have little you never knew which one you were going to get but there'd be a ghost some kind of like little like like little figure inside a ghost figure and you never knew which one it was going to be so it was like collecting like different color whatever um and that shit smelled awful the ectoplasm i don't know what it smelled like it had this very unnatural smell and it gagged me when it this it stank but uh, <laughs> it's like that butt um, juice when you're fucking a girl in the ass, and they get yeah. that foamy butt juice. Uh, the foamy, the foamy. Oh, the foam is the worst. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I hate the foam. It's on. It's on. It's on your shaft, like stuck in your yeah. pubes. Terrible. Um, anyway, the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and speaking of which, when he gets when Bill Murray gets slimed and he's laying on the floor, and uh, Ackroyd's like, "Oh man, this is great." He's like, "I feel so funky." <laughs> when he got um, fucking slimed, it was like he was just like laying there stiff. You know, he just like he, could, he was his, like a turtle. All he did was lift his head up and it was like, it's sli- <laughs> "I got slimed." I've been slimed, and the mo- you can hear him on the radio like, "Ah." Um, <laughs> the, uh, like a woman. <laughs> the the funniest part of the whole hotel scene was when they almost fucking kill the housekeeper. She's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And I've never noticed it before. But they they're talk they're talking amongst themselves, and you see her in the background. There's a piece. There's a roll of toilet paper on fire, and she takes a spray bottle and she's trying to put out the fire with the spray <laughs> bottle. I saw it. I had never noticed it. Put it out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, you know that's when the I guess when their 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 work starts picking up uh, and they you know since they're the only act in town I guess they can charge whatever they want but uh, they start getting so much work they have they they hire Winston they hire uh, um, oh fuck I just lost his name uh, 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 I mentioned at the beginning too fucking um, Ernie Hudson uh, Ernie Hudson Jesus Christ my, I was wanting to say Eddie and I knew it wasn't right so I'll my tell brain you was what I liked Annie Potts I'd have fucked her. 
She had huge glasses, yeah. but she was really cute. And this was right around the same time as um, Pretty in Pink, right? She looked older in this than she did in Pretty in Pink. Was she in Pretty? But they're right around. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right was around she, the no, same time. But, was that Pretty in Pink with Ducky, or was that Sixteen Candles? I think it was Pretty in Pink. Yeah, no, you're right. You're, yeah, Sixteen Candles. Sixteen Candles had uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked yeah, her. She, played, she was she, cutie. Oh, Eva, actually, Pretty in Pink came out after this, so she was older than that, but she looked, yeah, she didn't look that. So, and yeah, she, she liked, was cute she in this, too. she liked Egon. She did like Egon, and she's like, do you collect anything? And he's like, mold, funguses, and spores. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think, that, but, well, uh, he was just a nerd. Oh, Egon? Yeah, well, you like, know what, apparently, apparently they... They had a uh, apparently they had a little budding romance that was kind of mostly edited out some oh. cut scenes and stuff, and I think they were weren't they involved in the second one? I can't even remember. It's been so long. Shit, since the seen second that one. one. I think I've only seen once because it was fucking horrible. Yeah, I didn't know. I'm not a big fan of the second Ghostbusters movie. I need to go back and watch it because I haven't seen it in a long time. Maybe I would like it. Well, better I now. thought about. Something... I think it is on. Uh... It's also on Instagram. Yeah, so. I thought about watching it, but then I was like, I I I really couldn't tell you jack shit about it. I just remember when I went to see it. I was like, oh god, this is horrible. I don't even know if I saw that one in a theater, but I'm pretty sure I had it on VHS. So, um, the uh, I love the scene when so they get they get involved with the EPA. That's where William Atherton plays comes in and the, Walter Peck, uh, and they jerk. call him Pecker a few times and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they cast him very well. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of the the building of the climax of the film is uh, when all the ghosts get released and like, that's when the shit starts to happen. And I, I like the story. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, a lot of times with these, with these eighties comedies, once they hit the, the, the actual meat of it, where they're, where they're past the introduction and they're past the, the comedy bits, the story was pretty cool in this with, you know, talking about the architecture of the building and all that stuff. And I think probably it's because they don't, it's not like 50 minutes of the movie, you know, they 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 compress it nicely. They still have funny stuff built in, and 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 a lot of that can probably be attributed to Bill Murray kind of carrying a lot of it. Because yeah. he's very he's I mean this is this is more or less his movie. You know the uh, the the story stuff is interesting, but you know the funniest stuff is all him. Um, but uh, I always loved that scene from when I first saw it. Of the it's very eighties, but when the ghosts all escape and they're playing that like like new wave sounding song and like you have the psychedelic lights like flowing through the city and the fucking uh uh Sigourney Weaver in that hot red dress the yeah, she the, looked good. the wall exploding in front of her and stuff yeah um uh yo know, and then when they show her later and she, when Bill Murray comes in and she's sitting in front of that like giant hole looking overlooking Central Park and like the wind is blowing and she's sitting there with her legs spread and the no, no, that was after. That was when Rick Moranis came in. Yeah, he came in. But, um, he said, "I'm the the gatekeeper, the key master." Key master yeah. yeah, yeah, I know what that means. Um, but the uh, with her sitting with her legs spread in that chair. Oh man, the wind blowing around. You know the scene where uh, she sit, she uh, is in the chair and all the arms grab. We talked about it when we were on break. That kind of remind yeah. me of uh, fucking Repulsion with Catherine Deneuve with the arms. Mm-hmm. It was it was almost kind of scary and and gross like oh and that, kind of yeah and, and we and we mentioned this but that one hand on the left was pawing the hell yeah. out of her tit all the tit 
So I posted that in the Facebook group of the actual guys doing it. So if anybody recognizes the gentleman on the on her left hand side from his from his shady little I mean his uh, shaded little uh, profile shot there, he was he was totally pawing Sigourney Weaver's titty there. Um, but uh, you know you get the the climax of the movie with the Stay Puffed and all that stuff and aim for the flat top and nobody steps on a church in my town. You know all that stuff, but. Uh, the last thing I'll mention, I, I've always wondered, everybody um, was completely covered with marshmallow except for Bill Murray. And I've always wondered why that was. I don't know if it was like supposed to be, was it a creative decision? Or I wonder if Bill Murray was like requested that he not be covered in shit. I don't know. He was almost completely clean except for a little bit on his head. Everybody else was... <laughs> Ooh. Sorry. That was already bad. Um, the... Uh, Walter but, Peck oh, I got want... his fair chair. He got a giant glob. It just I bet him. it tasted good, though. Yeah. I bet it roasted a, a waterfall of roasted marshmallow would be delicious. <laughs> it <probably> smelled good. <laughs> um, but what do you think of this movie? Well, I you know this is just a fucking classic too, and um, oh, I've seen it a bunch. I I think it's one of those ones like with stripes. I've seen it recently a few times with ghostbusters i knew i watched it not that long ago but up until then i hadn't seen it uh you know when it first came out probably especially um in the theater i think i saw it quite a few you know a few times um murray's fucking great i mean you know his the the, the deadpan everything it's his show where everybody else kind of you know um Play second fiddle to him. I mean, but Ackroyd and Ramus are, are good at that. They're not. They don't really need like to. Ackroyd's, uh, you know, as big a name as he was, even with Belushi, he was was kind of the straight man. He mm-hmm. he's the kind of guy that um, in the movies that he's in, like if, in Blues Brothers, if he liked blues music or something like that, he was kind of the the guy who was the smart geek guy that was really into something like even with this movie and, um, and, uh, but I, I like the fact that they, they have their little scenes, but nothing, I mean, compared this is Murray's fucking movie. And I think it was from the word go once they decided to cast him. Um, I can't imagine, like, like I said, I think if Eddie Murphy would have been in this, he would have had a hell of a lot more to do than Ernie Hudson. And he might, yeah. have, he might have even played the fucking, because uh, it was supposed to be Belushi, Ackroyd, Eddie Murphy. Murray and, and Mur- Bill Murray. I, no, not Murray, Murray, Mur- not Bill Murray. Bill Murray was going to be, fuck, who was that? I'll have to look that. Um, Michael Keaton and Chevy Chase were yeah. considered for him too. I mean, there's so many, so many ways they could have. Chase and Ackroyd could have been, could have been good. You know, they were done. They were good in, in Spies Like Us, which was right around this time too. Um, so I, I, it would have been a different movie, but Chevy Chevy Chase would have been an interesting yeah. Bankman. But I thought uh, fucking yeah, Eddie Murphy really would have been an interesting uh, Winston. Well, like you said, John Candy playing Rick Moranis's part would have been different because they've said that he was going to be this like uh, probably more like uh, the guy in in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles or something where he was going to be like in a suit, yeah, like a businessman or something. I wonder if I wonder if the, his his dog would have been fat. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it would have been cool if they would have showed uh, Rick Moranis fucking. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, like he wanted to get with her all that time, and then when they be- both become possessed, and then you had uh, 
a Stroker Ace moment with Sigourney Weaver where she's possessed, and uh, she she tells uh, Murray, "I want you inside me." And in Stroker Ace, when <laughs> Lonnie Anderson passed out, of course Bert starts taking her clothes off because he was a fucking pervert, and basically rapes her when she's unconscious. But at least Murray didn't do that. <laughs> I fingered her a little bit. Uh, anyway, <laughs> just, just a brush. Just, you know, just a tip. Uh, I'll just put the tip in. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the movie. I there's, there's I'm trying to think where it doesn't really lose it for me or anything, but I don't know. I I, I like it all the way around. I can't really think of a lot that's really like wrong with it or anything. Um I, I, it's just a comedy fucking classic. It's yeah. right. It's in the pantheon, you know. With uh, that's, that's the thing about you know we're doing the show about Ramus, and um, I mean the guy's responsible. Well, I mean the writer is responsible for you know some of the best comedies of that time and of our time, because sure. I mean he fucking was uh, one of the co-writers of. Ant- which was fucking huge classic fucking movie you have this movie um fucking uh stripes caddyshack groundhog day groundhog day which was like we gave fucking tens to i mean it's a fucking my first 10 and you know that's that the the only sad part about groundhog day such a fucking great movie is that that was the downfall of murray and harold ramus's relationship because i guess murray was going through a divorce at the oh. time, and they said that he was just real crabby and bitchy and being a prima donna, and Ramus, uh, you know, just kind of told him, said, you know, if you want something, just ask for it. You don't have to throw a temper tantrum with her because they said he was being real mean and being a real jerk on that. Kind of like he was the character in the fucking movie, probably. You know, Groundhog Day. Huh. I never even knew that. And and they didn't and they didn't speak to each other up until like when Ramus was getting ready to die, and I guess. Uh, uh, Brian Doyle Murray, Bill's brother, had was friends with uh, Ramus and had remained friends with him. And he called Bill up and said, "Listen, you know, this is it, and you know, you guys need to bury the hatchet because he's not going to make it." And he went and you know hung out with him. At, and I, I don't know if it's a hospital or at his house or whatever. And they they just you know talked about like the they were both from Chicago and they loved the Cubs and they talked about baseball and stuff like that. And I guess it did make up, but yeah, it's, it's that right there just shows, you know, that, that, um, man, it's, he mentioned, um, did you see that? Did you see yeah. that his little thing at the Oscars? I hang on. I think I found it on YouTube. I was going to play it real quick. Let me see if this is it or if it's an ad <laughs> fucking YouTube, a 13 second video. Let's see if it has a 30 second ad. Oh, here you go. Oh, we forgot one. Harold Ramis for Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, and Groundhopper. Nice. So yeah, they, uh, yeah, that was it's it's sad. I honestly, I had no idea that they had a they were estranged. Yeah, they never other, even so. spoke after that. I guess it oh. was just kind of a. But it, you know, I guess Ramis did an interview and and he explained what happened and he said that you know Murray was going through a divorce and even now you know you hear things about Murray and like he's just kind of a. Like him just kind of wandering around like New York or Chicago or whatever and, <laughs> yeah. and just stopping in like somebody's having a party and he'll just total strangers and just show up and everything. Um, I love that. I love that one thing where somebody said they were eating at Wendy's and 
Bill Murray walks by them and steals a fry off his plate yeah. and says, "No, but leans over and says, no one will ever believe you." What did I see the other day? Where the guy always oh, on Louis C.K. Uh, it went, it was his the bromance episode, and he was in Florida, and he's sitting out by the pool, and he's like has a thing of um, strawberries, and some hot chick in a string bikini walks by, and she goes, "Do you mind if I have one of your strawberries?" And she picks it up and just starts eating and walking away, and he goes, uh, "No, you can't." And she turned around, and she goes, "What?" And he goes. <laughs> No, you asked me if you could have one of my strawberries, and I said no, and you took it and you ate it, and no, you can't have one. And she just gave me a look like "fuck you, asshole." <laughs> but you know, it, it's uh, like I said, that's kind of a shame. It kind of shows you that that uh, it's just life. Sometimes, uh, yeah. you know, depending on what kind of mood you're in, something hits you the wrong way, and it can, and, uh, like the, in the movie Hoffa with uh, Jack Nicholson, he said, you know. Uh, uh, an imagined slight from someone, you know, uh, you could, you could go up and call somebody a cocksucker to their face and the next day you could be friends, but an imaginary slight, uh, that guy, that motherfucker is going to hate you till the day he dies. So if you think, you know, it's sometimes it's better to talk it out and whatever, yeah. because uh, like I said, I mean, you know, that situation there, Harold Ramis, I mean, really, <sighs> In this day and age, that's not that old. Uh, and he, no, no, and not at I all. guess he has, he was kind of suffering quite a bit because for what he had, it was like a, uh, vasculitis. Yeah. And his legs and he couldn't get up, couldn't walk around and everything. Uh, oh, you know, so they missed a lot of time as friends, but you know, that's just the way things go sometime. And, but, uh, yeah. they made some good fucking movies together. They were a good comedy team. Famous in both of these movies. Um, when you talk about him as an actor, uh, he's he just Murray has the deadpan, but it's lovable deadpan and it's a smart ass kind of a thing, and he has makes you laugh and everything. Whereas Ramus, he could deliver the deadpan. I mean, yeah. just as straight as could be. He's a great straight man. Yeah, he, he he always has a good smirk too. Yeah, and in this <laughs> in this fucking movie, I'm telling you, somebody else posted this and i was thinking the exact same thing he looked like john Turturro and barton fink and i know barton fink was made after this but i mean he had that the big fucking hair the round glasses i mean the big poof of hair in the front uh jufro yeah, <laughs> yeah. but he was perfect for the part and uh you know the, a lot of the stuff that they did uh he worked on the strips not only writing things to start with, but doing rewrites and writing stuff right in the in the middle of the movies. And um, there's a timing that you have with certain people, and uh, we don't have that. But uh, <laughs> terrible chemistry. Terrible chemistry. But when you have that timing, and someone says something, you can pick up on where they're going and what they're doing, and you know it's something special. And the, and uh, Ramus sure. and Murray had it, and and uh, you know they actually talked about making a third Ghostbusters for a long, still, long time. It's, st it's still it's still yeah. out there somehow. Somehow, some way, it's still out there. Well, so. they said that they were we'll see if it ever talking happens. about having a whole new crew like this. This business went on and on, so they're gonna have they would yeah. have a whole new crew, but they were gonna have Murray, Aykroyd, Ramus, Ernie Hudson, and those guys 
in strategic parts in the movie, like they were going to show up and be there. And, and now, you know, they'll, even, be the, they'll be the jerky CEOs making all the well, money, not doing shit. Even though they can still do <laughs> it, it's going to, it's going to be missing something or lacking something just because he's gone. Oh yeah. And, uh, brothers 2000. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, um, I, like I said, these, both these movies, we, we chose them because Ramus was, uh, I mean, he impacted a lot of people's lives um, in the eighties because he, you know, was responsible or partly responsible for some of those, like I said, some of the, not only the biggest hits of the eighties comedy wise, but also of all time. I mean, these movies, stand oh, he wrote, up the, he wrote the screenplay for back to school, the yeah. Rodney Dangerfield movie. Yeah. And uh, I love the, I love the fucking stuff with Kurt Vonnegut in back to school. I can't, <laughs> oh. I can't remember what, uh, he got offered um, some, I can't remember what movie it was. Or no, he got offered Saturday Night Live, and he turned it down and said he wanted to stay with SCTV. And so that was kind of, you know, that's kind of a, a big thing. And, I, and yeah. uh, the SCTV, the, the TV show, was actually really good. You go back and watch it now. It didn't last as long as Saturday Night Live, but there was some classic stuff on there. So yeah. anyway, I, you know, the reason we decided to do the show, and we usually don't um, – pick two movies that are this mainstream we might you know like we did groundhog day which you know and every once in a while it's it's not a bad thing to to pick movies like this for me it's harder to talk about them because like i said the the iconic moments you can just go bam 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 and just say i like when they did this i like when they did that. remember this remember Mm -hmm. that and you end up being the uh the chris farley sketch of you remember that time in in that one movie when you you did this, you did that, <laughs> yeah. and, but um, so anyway, uh, if you want to get her, get it, get into the rating. Yeah, um, this for me, it's 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 hard to rate fairly just because it's got such high nostalgic value for me, and it, it's honestly it's like Gremlins for me, which I know you weren't a big fan of, but uh, with, with this one, it's the same kind of thing. I grew up with this movie, um, so I see it through certain lenses now, and and looking at it critically is probably. I mean, it probably wasn't the best choice, but it's still fun to talk about. Um, I, I mean, for me, it hits on everything. I mean, it's, it's, I still, I guess if I have to compare the two, uh, something else I gave a super high score to with Gremlins, I give this a 9.5. I mean, this is one of my favorites. Like, this is a go-to movie for me. I can put this in any time oh, and yeah. just have it playing. It yeah, still holds up, I, I, I've always, I've always loved this movie, so. I would, uh, um... I'd give this a nine. You know, it's, uh, uh, I think Groundhog Day was almost like a perfect fucking movie. Um, and this one, this one is really close. Uh, but I, I don't know. I've seen, I, I, when I'm, when I'm rating these, I'm thinking, okay, I rated Groundhog Day this. But, um, I would still rate it right there with Stripes. I would watch it at any time, show it to anybody. Yep. It's just a great movie. Yep. Awesome. All right, that's Ghostbusters. Why don't we take a break and do a little bit of feed sack and wrap this shit up? We'll be right back. The following message is a paid advertisement for The Cult of Muscle podcast. The Cult of Muscle. You're either in it or you're dead. It's the dawning of a new age. The halls of Valhalla have been shuttered. The heroes of yore have either retreated to the shadows or taken to capering for the amusement of the small folk their past glories of distant memory. 
The barbells have been torn from their once puma-strong grips. The beards shone from their square jaws, only to be transplanted onto flannel-clad, puny weaklings with fingers barely powerful enough to strum a ukulele. The time has come, my brothers, to restore order from the chaos. No longer will our heroes be forgotten. No longer will their great deeds be viewed through a foggy lens of irony. Hear now our rallying cry as we scream it from the mountaintops, as we bellow it from iTunes and Libsyn and Facebook. It's time to join the cult, my brothers. So don your cloaks and enter the cult of muscle. Sack time. Are you ready for feed sack? Sack. Nay. Meh. Feed sack. All right. We got didn't get too much, seeing as we've been off for two weeks. But whatever. Uh, probably still got more than we got posted in the Facebook group. Gag gag gag. Facebook group sucks. Um. <laughs> here's the first feed sack. Good times, you know? Ugh. Ugh. 
Uh. Yeah, Paradise Hell. We'll have to figure out one, something to do with that one. We, we haven't done any wrestling movies for a while, so we'll get back to that. Maybe that with, uh, with the one with the, the, the women wrestlers with uh, Peter Falk in it. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. All the marbles. Um, what? All the marbles. All the marbles. There you go. Maybe we'll do those, too. <laughs> um, all right. One more feed sack. Sylvan Gold. This is Cody. Um, someone posted a picture in the group not long ago of uh, Brutus Beefcake, and that reminded me uh, that I've been willing to call in uh, and tell you guys about some uh, depressing wrestling I saw for a little while now. Um, I may have even posted something on the group uh, day of, but uh, during uh, late baseball season, the uh, Florida Marlins had like Legends of Wrestling Night or something like I remember that. that. Hogan showed up. Uh, it was pretty odd. Uh, Goldberg uh, like speared a guy <laughs> dressed in a uh, uh, what is it? A Diamondbacks jersey uh, <laughs> during like the seventh inning stretch. Uh, trying to, and it, there's a little bit of like wrestling st- stuff during the game, but afterward, uh, they had this uh, had like a ring erected and uh, a, like a card set for four or five matches. Uh, before that, uh, Lanny Poffo came out uh, dressed in his like garb and uh, said in Latin. Like the Florida Marlins are good, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> then he left, uh, and then first match was Coco Beware versus uh, Chavo Guerrero, and uh, Coco came out without his bird, uh, and then the bird came out and uh, to about an equally long uh, entrance. It walked like down five the aisle. <laughs> It was very strange. Uh, he it, the match is awful, uh, but Coco won. Uh, oh, I should say uh, Jimmy Hart uh, was on commentary, and they were like mic'd up with uh, one of the uh, Marlins commentators, who uh, and they would just like call play, do play by play. Um, next was uh, Brutus Beefcake versus Mike Knox. Um, it was like a, a like a joint like TNA thing. So people who were with TNA at the time uh, were there as well. Um, this was this was maybe worse than the match before. <laughs> he was super stiff. Uh, oh, Mike Knox was in the uh, referee's beard. WWF with a pair of scissors yeah. at the end. Um, he had a good look. After that, uh, it was. Uh, who was it? Uh, British Bulldog's son versus uh, Garrett Bischoff. Um, Eric Bischoff's son. What? Uh, that one was the better of the uh, three matches to this point because they're both like young, mobile people. Um, oh, before that match, Bret Hart came out in, uh, in jorts and like long, that dude green, loved like, jorts. gray hair <laughs> looking like like a homeless witch. Uh, <laughs> they uh, out the table and did some, some commentary with uh, with Jimmy Hart for that match. And the main event was 
uh, the Nasty Boys as the faces versus Mr. Anderson slash Mr. Kennedy from TNA and WWE. Oh, I like that guy. Uh, and who was it? Um, uh, Briscoe. Um, West Briscoe, yeah. Um, in like a table match or something like that. It was bizarre. Um, <laughs> Nasty Boys uh, looked like they were going to lose. One of their wives got on the mic, had this awful like uh, voice like she'd been smoking cigarettes. It's like Dusty's sister. She'd uh, been born. Nasty Boy married her. And it uh, was very shrill. Uh, People were booing. She seemed upset. Uh, and then uh, a couple of the pitchers for the Marlins came out and uh, hit the uh, heels uh, in the face with, uh, I don't even remember what. They're but, uh, yeah, Nasty Boys Not won. a baseball bat. And then Goldberg came out uh, and said uh, that he likes being in Florida because that's where his mom lives. <laughs> he hates wrestling. <laughs> that Great. was about the end of it. Great. Thanks, so, Goldberg. Um, yeah. Sorry if this was sort of monotonous, but I mean, take this, you guys this forever, and it just uh, had That's been part of the show so far. Um, regardless, <laughs> by far, uh, show is awesome. Tales of Ordinary Madness is one of my favorite segments of anything you guys have done. Um, yeah, I'd really like to track that down. Uh, Let us know, dude. We'll help uh, you track love you guys. Um, have a good one. Bye. Thank you, sir. Um, Something like Susan Tyrell telling. Uh, What's as big as ours? Like, fix it for my eggs. Some bacon and eggs. Go take a bath. She's so gross. Disgusting. All right. Next week on the shoe. Thank you, everybody. She had an old woman's butt. Her butt was so bad. It was like inverted. Inverted Um, butt. There's nothing worse than the inverted butt. Oh, God. It's like the old man ass. (laughs) Yes. Um, so next week on the show, we uh, the gentleman mentioned they'd like to hear us review uh, Blue is the Warmest Color, this film uh, from 2013, this uh, French, uh, let's see, Adele and I don't know the other girl's name in it. Um, relationship type film there. It's on Netflix Instant, but Blue is the Warmest Color, so we put the call out, and it seemed to be... Um, I think the choice we're going to go with is to pair up with it as another 2013 movie. So we're doing two new movies. We're what? totally bucking all trends. Selling two out. 2013 movies. We're totally selling out. We're going to do Stranger by the Lake, another French, uh, uh, I guess, gay relationship drama. So Stranger by the Lake and Blue is the Warmest Color will be for next week. Um, you can always send us feed sack to 206-339-1600 or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on iTunes, find us on Stitcher, find us on our website at silvaandgold.com and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash silvaandgold. Um, I forgot to mention it at the beginning. Um, I'm going to leave it running for a couple weeks. Doing a little thing, I just want to solicit some uh, iTunes reviews. So if you live in the United States, sorry, it needs to be here, but I've got a few DVDs while I'm cleaning shit out that I want, I just, I didn't want to just give them away. Um, so, uh, I got a pile of Kung Fu DVDs and then like the alien trilogy and then a couple random ones. But, uh, basically my favorite reviews that we get for the next like 
couple weeks on iTunes, new reviews, and, and sorry, you got to be for the United States just because it cost a fucking arm and a leg to ship things out of the country these days. I Ciao. shipped a two-pound package to uh, to Australia, thirty bucks. Yeah, it's, it's the shit in it wasn't even worth thirty bucks. I wish so. we could we could continue sending stuff to people that you know out of the country because I mean we're all friends and we're all like you know you guys are all great, but they're just fucking. Motherfucker. Yeah. So. so with with ones like this, it's got to be in the United States. Even Canada, honestly, is it's and plus expensive. I guess I, yeah, and I and plus I have to use the U.S. iTunes store anyway. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so if you live in the United States, you want to leave us a review, I would love it. And I'm going to pick my favorite one and send you this stack of random kung fu DVDs that I was going to be just giving away, but I'll give them to you. And then I'll pick a couple more after that to get the Alien Trilogy and the other random DVDs. I think it's Inglorious Bastards, the little three-disc set, and a couple other ones is the other. So so if you'd like to do that, please do. Um, Tom, do you have anything else this week? Nah, I'm good to go yeah. without a word to say. I'm going to go watch Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Actually, so I don't get too far behind. Maybe I'll go watch our movies first and get those out. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. We don't but, know when uh, we're going to review them, so... <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? We'll even... We'll try to get next week. We'll see. I, this, it's it's going to be a little tumultuous until I get my life better settled. Yeah, we but. got some... some uh, uh, oh, yeah, Silver and gold some, on the some, road. Silver and gold on the road. I don't know if we'll be able to record... We ought to see if Maybe we, we can, can figure out a way to record in the hotel. Yeah, we'll try that. Like Let's try it. I, I, I'll ask around and see if I can get a spare mic because my I can definitely uh, use a spare mic. So I got enough room for it on my board here. So we'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, until next week. This is Loaf. Oot. Bye.